double coverage. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Double Coverage. I'm Dom with the Great Man Source, and we hope you... Uh, fuck. I've, I've just lost me train of thought, so... <laughs> First time in 38 pods. You would have thought I know what I've been doing by now. Anyway, fuck. Take two! <laughs> yeah, I know. Hopefully still living, loving, and breathing sport, ladies and gents. It's been a long one. It's been an arduous week. It's just been full on, but we're back with another episode. Saucy, you're pumped. I know we've got a bit to talk about this yeah, week. Yeah, a bit to talk about. Talk. As usual, we're, you know, all the sports are back. Uh, obviously, round one of AFL. Uh, your boys, the F1, you know, first uh, week is back We're on the F1 side of things. Uh, you know, we still haven't seen the release of uh, uh, the Topps Chrome product, which is pretty funny. That keeps getting postponed, the F1 Topps Chrome. But word is, uh, I did see a tweet about that product specifically um, that it is going to be releasing on tops.com tomorrow. So, I mean, you know, you're listening to this podcast. News, it mate. is uh, Wednesday, the 24th uh, in America. It's the 23rd. 23rd. So, um, yeah, but if you want some, you know, F1 product, uh, I definitely suggest getting on the tops Chrome. It's going to be a hit. Um, and then Doma, we've obviously got the, the runarounds in the basketball and the usual yeah. things on the podcast. Hobby AFL, talk, EPL, works. F1, um, UFC, Hobby Talk. Correct. Saucy Smokey, Le Mans of the Week, which I could have got for my performance right at the beginning of this podcast. So <laughs> I'm probably a shoe in this week. Well, uh, we're actually, this week, just a teaser for the Le Mans of the Week, we're probably going to go down the path of giving it to one of our favorites in the hobby. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to go down that route. And <laughs> We'll see how he takes it. We could we could get absolutely flamed, but uh, you know what? It's all a bit of fun and games. The Le Mans of the week, uh, but when we get to it, you'll see who we're giving it to. But we'll start with the NBA, saucy, um, and as we always do each and every week, we go to the standings. Philly first, and we're starting with the Eastern Conference of. Of course, Philly first, Brooklyn second, Milwaukee third, Atlanta up into fourth. Now they've been killing it since the the, the manager. Swap, Charlotte into fifth. The Heat have dropped to 500. They're in sixth. New York of 500 in seventh. Boston under 508. Chicago ninth. Indiana 10th. Toronto 11th. Cleveland 12th. Washington 13th. Orlando 14th. And Detroit 15th. Last in the East. And then over to the West. Utah first. Phoenix second. Clippers third. Lakers potentially not making the playoffs, according to people in fourth. Uh, Denver 5th, Portland 6th, San Antonio 7th, Dallas 8th, Golden State 9th, Memphis 10th, New Orleans 11th, Oklahoma 12th, Sacramento 13th, Houston in 14th. And as bad as Houston's been going with their losing streak, they're still ahead of Minnesota, who are the worst team in the NBA with 10 wins and 33 losses in 15th in the West. But some big things, big things. Massive. Uh, this week, Lamelo Ball gone for the season. We're just going to put it out there right now. Anthony Edwards is rookie of the year. All right, so let's not crap on about. Especially if he stays fit to the end of the season. Yeah, if he stays fit, that's it. He, he's got that. So we're never going to get into that. It's a massive loss. He was playing so well, um, and it's funny. Source, it's very funny about Lamelo Ball because I think um, we said it on this podcast. 
Our boy, Corey, so- uh, Corey Hotmanside-Williams said it. Our boys, Talking Cardboard, also said it. Uh, friends of ours. And we said, this kid's going to be good because he's played against uh, men in the NBL, which is notorious for being a very, very physical league. Correct. And he was a boy amongst men, and he dominated in games before he got injured, and they put him on ice for the draft. And people said pretty much they were trying to say it was a Mickey Mouse league. Uh, the NBL, I probably want to play in there instead of college, if I'm being honest, in terms of physicality. I'm you right now, the NBL and... will prepare you a lot better than college. So now the funny thing is, Sauce, uh, the reason I'm saying this is because everyone's jumping on board saying, yeah, you know, because he played in a league where he played against men. Yeah, he developed much quicker and he had more ability than, uh, you know, those guys that were in college. Shut the hell up. Shut up. You know, you're just jumping on the bandwagon. Just shut up. Come on. Just As Corey Homicide likes to say, the NBL ain't no cupcake league. That's what I'm saying. Look, no that's cupcake. all I'm going to say, right? We're not just saying when, this because we're we ain't, we ain't saying We ain't saying it. that, you know, the NBL is, is the second best league in the world, right? No. But what we are saying is it ain't no cupcake league and it is... Ha- Definitely a hell of a lot harder than college basketball. A hell of a lot yep. harder. I don't give a fuck what you say. It is, right? College it, basketball is a walk in the park compared to the NBL. Mind you, the physicality down here, you should see some of the refereeing that goes on in the NBL. It is actually a bit of a joke, some of the shit that they get away with in terms of physicality. Bill it's Lamb, literally Bill like you're watching some of the NBA back in the 90s, man. Some of the stuff they get away with. It is. It's true. People getting clobbered, I'm mate. telling you. So, like, you know, if you don't know the league, if you haven't watched the league regularly, like I have, oh, right, because I live in this country and I watch yeah. it, I've got the NBL league pass, right? And an NBA, and an league, NBA pass. league pass. So there you go. Watch the games. Um, shut the hell up, right? Don't comment. Don't comment. You don't know nothing. Right? We, we did the scouting report on Lamella because we knew he was good and we knew he was the best ball brother. Like, in terms of potential. So, we're like, when he came down here, along with RJ Hampton, which hasn't come along yet, he hasn't had... He hasn't been given the game the time, minutes. though. The minutes. Yeah. But but we looked at it and went, well, we're going to scrutinize and watch this kid in depth to see how he can hold up. And, man, there was games where it was just absolutely balling. Absolutely balling. And we were like, we, we said to each other, this kid's going to be good. This kid's going to be really, really, really good. So... Finishing in uh, physicality in traffic in the NBL is literally preparing you for physicality when you're going to finish in the NBA against men. So, unfortunate for Charlotte. Uh, They are sitting in fifth. It would have been great to see him play playoff basketball. Um, It is quite uh, disappointing on that behalf. Uh, Before we get to the second biggest uh, injury at the moment, uh, Blake Griffin, he dunked Sauce. Tell us, now, tell us your theory, Doma. Tell us your theory on now, Blake. The, the theory actually was given to me by someone else, which you know what we like to do. We like to do research and we like to listen to other people's opinions and then we're able to form our own. After we listen to the opinion, we say, you know what, I'm going to go do some research, all right? Because I may be wrong on my opinion. So that's how you formulate an opinion. It's research backed with case study, yeah? So someone said to me, Oh, he doesn't want to be at Detroit. He just wants to get bought out. He's actually still decent. And it's going to be a, a pretty good pickup for Brooklyn. And I said, nah, 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 nah. And I was 
I didn't like the dunk thing. I'm like, he's not going to lose his hops. He can't go. If he lost his hops completely and he couldn't dunk a ball, we practically he's like finished. He's like one the most athletic guy in the league at one stage. He's now got zero athleticism. Like the guy's not 45 years old. Yeah. So I was just like, no, he's got athleticism. The dunk thing didn't bother me. It was more the defensive side of the the ball and the struggles and stuff. Can he rebound as good still? That was my concern. I don't care about dunking. You can, can still score. You can shoot a three now, Blake Griffin. So he doesn't have to get to the ring and dunk. You can just pull up the three now, and he's more threatening from that uh, point of view. And they said to me, he hasn't been trying. He just wants to get, get bought out, and he'll play well when he gets to Brooklyn. He'll be a decent guy. And lo and behold, um, credit to my cousin who actually gave that to me. I did some research, and... He had two points, two boards in his first game, which is okay. Well, I don't really care. Off 15 minutes. And he had a humongous block. So he blocked the hell out of someone. So he got right up there. So if his athleticism was gone, he could get up there and block. Uh, everyone was like, oh, maybe he can dunk. And then he, he did dunk in the game. So I think it's just a good pick up for them. And the underlying thing with Brooklyn... I understand they're 14th. They've been rated 14th in the league in defense. That's enough now, like, yeah, to win yeah, it. Yeah, over, and the, I'll, last, I'll over the last 10 games. Um, and, yeah. you know, and I will we... eat our words, you know what I mean? I don't care. Like, if they can prove that they can do that in the last 10 games, then I'll turn around and say, you know what, That now they become threatening and they can actually win it. Correct. If you're, if you're number one offense and you're 14 defense, that's enough. It was like we said. It was, the only concern is, uh, I was listening to... Um, Colin Cowherd's other podcast volume. network. I'll get it. Volume. Is volume, it volume podcast network, correct? Yeah, volume. Yeah, the Colin Cowherd. Yeah, volume podcast network. And he actually interviewed Doc Rivers. Uh, it's actually very interesting to go and have a listen to that podcast because he said that I think Kate, uh, not KD, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard only trained together once. That's it. Last year? Once. Before the bubble. They only traded with each other once. Yeah. Because they got there. Uh, Paul George was injured and then Kawhi was injured. And then they were in and out and they trained together once. And then there were injuries back and forth. Then it got shut down. They came back. And then he said, the, then he said um, Kawhi came a bit later. Montrezl Harold then came later to the bubble. Then he said... Lou Williams went and got some wings. So it was all disruptions and they didn't get a chance to play together. So he said, honestly, the chemistry was more of the downfall than anything for that team because they hadn't played together. Now, my only concern is as good as KD is, is he just going to come back in with these two guys and it's just going to be seamless? As you know, Kyrie's in and out again. Like, he's got time off and he's got leave and this and that. It just happens to be his birthday today and he took some family family leave. Happens to be his birthday. So, look into that how you will. Like, how did, how you know did, what I'm saying? How did, like, the other guys on the team just, like, well, how do you just I, re- finally, take that? You know enough, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just don't enough, feel like playing. Was like, not that you're injured, a, not that you're, you know... Who was like if, you, if you're the if you're the eighth it's, it's guy tough. on the on the roster and you're the third guy coming off the bench, I, I, I bet you you couldn't do that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, it it baffles me. But they're looking pretty good. Blake Griffin looks like he might be a handy piece. So that's all we'll say on that. So we can move on. So he looks pretty good. But then the big news clearly 
is the end of the Lakers season as we know it. Uh, according to everyone, pundits out there, Lakers aren't making playoffs. They're finished. Uh, LeBron James got injured. I love how everyone um, pretty much said that the moment he got hurt, uh, LeBron LeBron's a baby. He's faking it. Um, he should just get over it and get back on the court and play. And it was pretty funny because if that was any other player, you'd be sending out like, oh, prayers up for this guy, prayers up for that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, just because he's an alien hurt. and he's always there, ready for his team, you're going to have a crack at him. Look, yeah, you no. know, I'm not worried, Doma. We're, we're definitely not going to, you know, end up in the top four seeds at this point because, no. you know, this team's going to struggle to win games. Uh, we just we just don't have enough offense. And we showed that today against a absolutely terrible defensive team in New Orleans where we, we barely put up the 100 points. Um, I don't even know if we even got to 100 points today. Uh, but last, last time I checked... I it was 110. 110, I right? Uh, I mean... You know, but what did they put up on us? They 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 still beat they still beat us by eighteen. So what does that tell you? You know, we're lacking on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I really do think we do need to get in another center. I hope we can get the deal done for Andre Drummond. I really hope that uh, that is the case because I think you know you add that uh, piece, um, and you know bring back our two stars. Uh, we'll be ripe and ready. And you know, even if we're sitting in fifth seed, no one wants to play the Lakers. No one wants People to play the Lakers. Like- Doesn't matter. Yeah, no, no one wants to play the Lakers, man. Like, fuck. It's just so frustrating. Every... You just got to sit back and just watch the games, all right? Sometimes you just can't listen to people in the media. All right? I'll take you back only six months, yeah, or seven months. It's not even that. It's not even one year ago because obviously the season's pretty much backed into each other. I'll just take you back and remind you as I keep reminding everyone. Like, you wrote off this guy last year and he won the title you wrote him off the year that he came back from 3-1 down every time LeBron's in the finals he gets ridden off anyway he's like he's literally like the underdog except for the one where he beat Oklahoma as I keep saying he was the favorite there because they were all kids KD Westbrook and Harden in that one but literally he's all it's just like oh yeah they're finished that's it Lakers are done. You said this last year because all oh, the mighty Clippers in the West were going to be the Kingslayer. Mate, LeBron didn't even have to go through any Kingslayer in the Western Conference Finals. All he had to do was win, five, win it in four, five games or whatever it was. Six games. Like, I, I don't get it. Look, I, I'm telling you right now, LeBron's going to be back be within more... four to five weeks, right? And it'll be... All good, mate. Anthony Davis will be back. We're going to slide a few games. I can't see us, you know, maybe out yeah. of our next 10 games, maybe we'll be lucky to win two. We might slide a little bit. We might go slip down to the sixth, seventh spot. Um, but, you know, not for anything. We're still only three games. Three, what, three games behind uh, top seed? Four now. Four games behind top Four. seed. Um, and... Uh, the last 10, you're 5-5. Five and five. But we're still six games ahead of, you know, eight seed, which is Dallas. Yeah, which is a positive. So, you know, so, are so. we going to slide? Yeah, most likely. Um, but, hey, even if, even if we slide to the fifth, Denver swaps with us. I, I guarantee you Denver doesn't want to face the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. After what we did to them last season. So... 100%. 100%. Um, look, you know, time will tell. All faith in uh, LeBron. 
to, to come back uh, fit and healthy. Uh, AD obviously has had his time out. And, you know, wouldn't be really good if AD comes back and, you know, carries the team for a bit and, and you know, um, feels what it's like to have the pressure to perform night in and night out in terms of, you know, what LeBron's had his whole career, essentially. 100%. So we'll see what happens there. We'll just get to league leaders. We will talk a bit more about LeBron a bit further on in the show when we get to the LeMond of the week. So um, points per game, Bradley Bill's still there, 32.1, Lillard 30.3, MB 29.9, Giannis 29, and Curry 29. Rebounds, Capella 14.2, Gobert 13.4, Valanciunas 12.3, Vucevic 11.8, Giannis 11.7, assists, Harden still 11.1, leading the league, Westbrook 10.2, Trey Young 9.4, Luca the Don 9.2, and Chris Paul 8.8. Uh, big props also to Chris Paul, who's second player ever to get to 10,000 assists. So that's an amazing achievement for, for him. One of the most underrated guys uh, in terms of his playing style, probably to play basketball. Uh, he's just a gritty... It's like a vintage guy playing in a modern era, uh, Chris Paul. So it's it's awesome to see him reach that milestone. And then for blocks, Miles Turner, 3.4. Gobert, 3. Capella, 2.2. Noel, 2.0. And Boucher, 1.9. Very nice, Saucy. Note, Moving on. We move on. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. The Milwaukee Bucks are absolutely flying. And I reckon under the radar, some might you. Oh, yeah, they are. They are. One, you know, won 12 of their last 13. What, they've won six, seven in a row um, and literally averaging 120 points a game. Good. Um, I can't wait they play Brooklyn. Also to note, this is pretty much what we ex- expect or what we're used to from the Milwaukee Bucks during the regular season. So um, Bucks fans out there and people out there, Janus, uh, you know, Janus uh, collectors, um all good to do it in the regular season, but let's see what you do in the playoffs. Yeah, I know, but this the difference this year between any other year as well, though, as you said, they are flying up under the radar. They're getting no airtime because it's all Brooklyn, all Philly. Correct. There's no pressure on them this year. It is year. no pressure. So yeah. this could be... There's no Giannis. That's what I'm saying. MVP That's what I'm saying. Calls. They're flying under the radar. Yeah. And maybe That's, this is the situation that Giannis and that team advantage. needs, you know, to... to work to their exactly. advantage, man. I, I actually hope it does because, as you know, I'd love to see Brooklyn lose to anyone. I don't care who it is. It's just to prove everyone. You don't start – you don't uh, bloody literally. You know what I'm saying? Say things before they even happen. And then bank on it that it is going to happen. And then every time someone says – well, I have done that in the next segment in AFL with Richmond. But guess what? I was right last time I said that. So I can afford to say it. (laughs) So (laughs) – we will move on to AFL. Um, great to have footy back source in this country. Uh, overseas listeners, obviously, uh, we did have it last year in a bubble type, in a hub, sorry, not a bubble, a hub type scenario. But it's good to just have the fans back there um, and just all ha- like just some normality. Uh, 75% capacity this week, probably expecting to have 100% by Easter. So next week for the games there. So that is going to be huge. Everything in this state and in this country is looking to go back to normal, uh, which is fantastic. I know it's an envy to the rest of the world. I know a lot of people are still struggling with COVID in their countries, and our best goes out to them. But um, here it's looking good for the footy, and uh, it all kicked off with Richmond versus Carlton on uh, Thursday night. Carlton looked really, really 
promising at times, but I, the guy that I said was going to do was going to just get the quaddy up and running this year with his uh, Norm Smith Brownlow Premiership and what was the other one I said? Norm Smith Brownlow Premiership. That was it. No trifecta. Everything he's going to win it all. D Mark just put put on an absolute. Oh, yeah. Look, we, we, look, we watched that game, and you know what's fu- what was funny? Uh, the the Carlton supporters getting excited at the game. Uh, then they realised that there's still another quarter of football, and then in the fourth quarter, uh, Richmond just pulled away. And the difference between Richmond and a lot of teams in the AFL is they play quarters one to four, right? Yep. Uh, and it only takes one bad quarter of football in the AFL, especially if it's in the second half, the third or the fourth quarter. That's it. It's lights out. I was actually speaking to someone as well, and they made a very good point, and I'm going to use it uh, and because it made pure sense because Source has been saying, uh, saying this to me consistently, that they're the only team that plays four quarters that can run our four quarters. Uh, we had 16-minute quarters last year, and they're back up to 20. The advantage for a team like Richmond because they can run out four quarters is because there's an extra 16 minutes a game tacked on. They just wear teams down. They are literally like the New England Patriots with Tom Brady, death by a thousand cuts, mate. They will literally wear you down and strike at the most opportune time. And that's what Richmond are like. They'll wear you down. And we saw it in the granny. Like we said, oh yeah, it's your lead's not too big. It's not big enough. If your lead is not big enough by this stage in the game, you are not winning against this side because they will just blast you away in the third and fourth quarter. They just kill teams. Yeah. So, and the difference also between Richmond and every other team in the comp, they've got probably a top five all-time player in the history of the sport playing for their team, which makes a humongous difference. And when that guy is playing one-on-one football up forward, um, he is unstoppable. No one is stopping him. Literally, no one is stopping him. He just he just bullies defenders like really good defenders. Uh, he did it last year. I'm not just saying because he did it against Carlton. Everyone said, "Oh, but he played the Blues." No, he did it last year. If he's one on one, mate, he can't be stopped. And if the ball gets to the ground, he's 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 just like unbelievable there as well. He's just a freak of nature. It's just enjoy. It's a pleasure to watch him play. So honestly, just enjoy it. I've come around to the fact that he's probably going to eclipse my my man. The King, which is Wayne Carey, and probably Gary Abbott Senior, if you can win another flag. So we'll see what happens with uh, the Tigers moving on uh, throughout the season. But the next one up was the Collingwood Magpies versus the um, Western Bulldogs. The Dogs had a lot of the ball. They beat them 69 to 53, probably not reflective of how much ball, ball use they had. They obviously didn't hit the scoreboard as efficiently as they would have liked. They probably could have won this game by five-plus goals. Uh, they were too good. Collingwood are going to struggle. Collingwood are going to struggle. And, you know, you know what's struggle. pretty funny, Dommer? Um, you know, they sm- smashed... Collingwood smashed the doggies in the hitouts, 46-19. to 19, But then they lost the clearances, right? And it just brings it back to... I'm not sure what... What error of the game that Nathan Buckley thinks we're in. We're in an era where Ruckmans, they aren't that effective. Sorry, but they just really aren't. You know, have a look at uh, Toby Nankervis. He's, you know, a very average Ruckman. You don't need a gun Ruckman. 
And then they went and gave that massive contract to Grundy, right? Um, I would have just let him go. And not for anything, you know, he's not worth it. He's not worth it. Um, so, look, you know, I don't want to hate on Grundy, but the fact of the matter is, we're, we are in an era where Ruckmans aren't that important. It, they just aren't. And we've seen that, you know, the teams, they've won with Ruckmans, Premiership Ruckmans, that won't even be, won't even get, a, maybe not even get a look into the Hall of Fame in the future. Yeah. Right? It's true. So to go pay him that amount of money is absolutely bananas. Then to get rid of Trelaw, who, you know, all right, he had 18 possessions and whatever, but, you know, he's one of your better midfielders. And then you go get rid of Stevenson. And the funny thing is, Stevenson goes and, uh, you know, towers it up in the midfield for North, has 33 posies, seven tackles. I know we've got, I know, even that you know we've got smack. But, and this is the funny thing about Stevenson, he, he kept saying to the club he wanted to play midfield, and they kept saying, no, we need you off forward. So you've arguably kept the goalie as the guy that you're putting in the midfield and then putting forward, and then keeping Stevenson as the main guy in the forward line and you've probably given up one of your best young up and coming midfielders, but you didn't even know what you had till you flogged him off. And then you got rid of Phillips who played really well for Hawthorne as well. But you literally got rid of your whole team. <laughs> Dom, I, I freaking love it. I freak, Collingwood is not making the eight. As I said, I didn't put him in my eight. They aren't mate. After what I've seen, they are not making the eight. They're just They're not, not good enough. Um, you know, if you're relying on uh, big Mason Cox up forward, well, there's already he's an playing issue. pretty. He's playing Look, he's well. Playing he's playing well, well, but you know, well. let's be honest. Big let, American. Let's, let's be honest, Doma. Um, you know, for for the size he is, uh, he should be able to clunk more marks up forward. No, he's, he's improved he a lot. Improved. He's playing, he'll be he'll be very good. He'll be very good this year for him. But he'll be probably the only guy that's going. Well, to they'll, they'll be struggling because you know they only got forty inside fifties to the doggies fifty nine. The doggies had nineteen more inside fifties, and they could have actually absolutely uh, pummeled them, you know, by 40-plus. Um, Collingwood was lucky to only lose by that margin. 100%. All right, let's move on. Dees beat the Dockers. Dockers are depleted. No lob. Alex Pierce got injured in that game, did his knee. Who else haven't they got? And Stephen you picked Hill, Fremantle. Oh, you, I did. You Lemon. I did. I did. It was a Lemon move. Uh, Dees are pretty average. Uh, they are missing Wiedemann, uh, Ben Brown, uh, I just read before we got on the podcast, I think they've lost Harms for a few weeks as well. So they've got a few injuries down there at um, uh, at Gosh's Paddock. So, But they did get the win, 80-58. to 58. Um, Next up, we had Adelaide versus Geelong, which was probably the game of the round. And surprise of the round. And, and look, you know, early doors, early doors, not... not... Not warning signs for Geelong any, by any means no. because, you know, uh, we they lost the first game last year and then they made the grand final. So it's not, you know, I still rate them as a top four side. Um, but Adelaide, look, it's too early to tell. Yeah, Is this going to be, you know, as I said last week, there's always a team every year that comes up. That's a surprise, That's a surprise packet. packet. But, yeah, but they ended their season pretty they well, did. Adelaide. They did well. end their season very well. So maybe they've rolled that into this season. Now, what Adelaide are we going to get? Are we going to get an Adelaide that's going to, you know, surprise everyone? Or are we going to get an Adelaide that's going to be, hey, when they're on, they can battle with any team and they can push any team. But when they're off, well, boy, 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 they're well, going to be off. The good, Yeah, I know. And, and you probably are going to get inconsistencies because they are very, like, they they got a good mix of vets in that team, but they are very young. 
a lot of first, second, third year guys in that team. Um, but the difference is when you got young kids that have bought into your system, they put in things like breaking the pressure gorge on uh, on our uh, Fox footy. It was literally off the Richter scale. Geelong did not have time, especially an aging team that's old, may not be as like they're very polished because they're experienced, but they may not be as quick as what they used to be coming up against kids that are giving you no time on the ball, forcing you to make errors, worked in their favor. It opened up the game for them. They literally made them, uh, make, made them make, uh, sorry, forced them into errors yep. and then attacked as a team. They went up the ground as a team and the whole thing opened up and they were just bloody transitioning beautifully. Absolutely beautifully. Out it, was, of, uh, it looked really, really it was great to good watch. game to watch. Uh, and the style of play that Adelaide was playing was, you know, it's really, good. really entertaining. And that's what you want to see. Um, I, I look, overall, good play by Adelaide. And let's let's see where they where they go from here, obviously. Um, yeah. yeah, let's hope they can keep it rolling. Uh, next up, we had... Well, we'll keep these two to the end. So then we had Giants versus Saints. Saints got the win. They're going to be good this year. Giants are struggling a bit. They've lost a few guys. Uh, I didn't have him in my eight, Domar, soldier. Yeah, I know. This is they're the year where they're going to struggle. struggle. You know, they missed their opportunity to win a premiership. They made a grand final. They, they were making top fours. They've lost a few key guys. Yeah. Obviously, can't keep everyone under that salary cap. Uh, you know, maybe they, they're going to struggle. struggle this year and they're going to have to come back next yep. year. But, you know, look, I'll rate St. Kilda high, higher than them at the moment and St. Kilda got yeah, the, the W. Then we got uh, West Coast beat Gold Coast 83 to 58, which is expected. West Coast always win games in Perth, and they're very good at home. But uh, just shattering for Matty Rowe. Good, good shattering, but good news that it's not ACL. Good news too at the same time. Yeah, exactly. He'll be back in. It's it's six to eight week probably. The, yeah, after in the second, second half, half of the season, season he'll be back. But it's just so unfortunate. A kid that after five rounds last year was pretty much dominating for the Brownlow, then did his shoulder, missed the whole season, comes back, does all the rehab, game one, bang, gets injured, lands on his knee, knee injuries in the brace at the end of the game. It's just unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And, and Dom, this is, you know, this is where we bring it back around to, you know, I'll tie it back into to the card market. And we talked, when we talked about, you know, his rookie auto selling for 300, 400, right? Like that's prospecting on this guy who's what now played two games and, Whatever, not two games. But oh, he's played three. He's games. Played three games, four, right? And he's, his games. rookie autos two of three hundred, four hundred dollars. Six six games, but he's only played four because he hasn't finished two. So right, and he got injured very early on in the first quarter in both of the other ones. So and you know, then we look back at like you know we, we say go by some of the legends that have passed their rookie autos. You know, like I picked up a Sean Burgoyne one for eighty dollars, and I picked up a you know a Chris Judd for one seventy five. Uh, you know, these are guys that are, you know, Hall of Famers. Chris Judd announced this year to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, Matty Rowell, you know, barely can get on the park. So this is where just just use your brain uh, when you are buying, prospecting on guys uh, and investing in their, you know, their their autos of, of them um, and their rookie cards. Um, even in AFL, it's the same thing. You know, what happens is Matty Rowell ends same up, thing. you know, much similar to, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a Jack Trengrove, you know, a number two pick that didn't yeah. quite live up to it. You know, you never, you never know. know. You, you just never don't know. know. What yeah. So unfortunate for him. Then we had um, the upset uh, Sydney, the young kids just 
beat the Lions at the Gabba and spank them, mind you, by uh, 31 points. Uh, they did very well. Very surprising. Did tip the did Lions. Win. Did tip the Lions. But did say last week, Sydney, a lot of injuries this year, last year, and they could be the surprise team this year. I, was, I put well, it... the big, big Bud was back this oh, week. Oh, mate, this just get better. This gets better. You know, congratulations to Budwa uh, and, and, and his wife. They had the, their newborn son uh, just uh, yesterday or the day before. So congratulations yeah. on that front. Um, and excited now, to see him back on the park because you know how much I love look, the Bud man. Now, we're going to speak about this in existence, all right? I'm going to get it up. Do we want to go through our games? Because your team's shit and my team's shit. So, fuck. Uh, look, all I got to say with Essendon... there's no Essendon rants. No, mate, not, no Essendon rant. You know, we it. ain't making the eight. Um, I'm realist here, and that you know that game there summed us up. Brilliant in the first half, absolutely brilliant, and second half just lost our way. Um, yeah. So look, you know, we lost by a point, and I'm not going to get angry if if we if we get within, you know, if we're within a few kicks every week and we lose, so be it. Um, this is a development year. Keep playing Cox down back. Keep playing the young kids. Get games into them. Exactly. Um, this yep. is what it's about. I really like that they, um, you know, they're trying to give Laverde a new role. I respect that because not for anything, he's been he's been played up forward his whole career and he's been average up forward his whole career. Um, yeah. So maybe it is time that he takes a new role and tries something different. Uh, so you know, look. Yeah, we'll see what. Hopefully, it's just it's all learning for your team and also for my mob. Uh, we played the best team on paper in the AFL, which is Port Adelaide. And let's just say when you've got Tom Rockliffe as your sub, you've got some pretty good depth there. So they spanked us by, uh, what is it, 52 52? points. We got slapped, man. But some promising signs. Obviously, Jaden Stevenson, uh, Luke Davies, Uniac. Looks like he's going to be an absolute superstar, this kid. Um, but the problem is, and the thing is, I love Jack Zebel to death. And this is no disrespect to Jack Zebel at all. But as a North supporter, I don't want to see Jack Zebel in our best. All right? If we've got a top five best players, I don't want to see Jack Zebel in there. All right? I want to see younger kids by the end of the season taking those spots. Jack Zebel can play a really good game, but I want the young kids. I want to see other guys stepping up, yeah? I don't want to see the guy that's towards the end of his career still in our best yeah. because that doesn't give me promising signs going into the future Correct. as a supporter. Not, not that you're not talking down on Jack Zebel. Yeah. Jack Zebel's no, 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 no. a good player Jack, and he, you know, he, Zeeble, he's doing what he's got to honest, do as Jack, a veteran at that club. But Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, Jack Zebel's probably got the same exact mentality as what I have. He wants to see these kids come on so then one day when he's gone, Someone else takes up the reins and can lead the club in the right direction. Into the direct in the right direction. So, uh, got spanked there. Whatever it is, we played Port round one. So hopefully we have got a bit more luck this week. But we'll get into round two games. We'll get our tips quickly. Carlton Collingwood. Jesus, that's a tough one. I'm 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 going. I'm all in against the Pies. I'm going the Blue Baggers. I'm going the Blue Baggers as well. Geelong Brisbane. In Geelong. Geelong. Yep, Geelong. They'll bounce back this week. Sydney versus Adelaide. The two young teams, Sydney. mate. It's in I'll Sydney. I'll take the Swans. Budwa back. I am I am too. Uh, Port versus Essendon in Adelaide. Uh, you know my tip there. Yeah, Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide. Saints versus Melbourne. Saints. Yep, so am I. Go on, Saints. 
Gold Coast versus North. Well, it's a tough game. I'm going to have to go Gold Coast. Yeah, it's Gold Coast. We've got a very, very, very poor record at Metricon Stadium. Uh, Hawthorne versus Richmond. Tigers. Dogs versus Eagles here. This is going to be a great game. What's that at uh, Etihad Stadium? Marvel Stadium, sorry. Marvel, Marvel Stadium. Um, that's Honestly, I reckon it's a flip of the coin. Just because it's in uh, Melbourne, I'm going to go with the Dogs. I'm also going the Dogs. And the last game of the round is Freo versus GWS. Now, I'm just going to put a disclaimer on this game. If GWS lose to Fremantle this week, shit. It's not going to be good for them. I'm tipping GWS. I know it's in Perth, but they've got literally no team. They're depleted. Let's have a look at their. Let's have a look at their. Uh... They've got the biggest injury list in the in the comp. Be nice. They lost Joel Hamling as well to an injury in that game. I think they've got like fifteen players or twelve players on their injury list at the moment. Yeah, and not we... according to Footy Wire. When I've clicked on the injury list, and Fremantle's not even freaking loaded on the on the on the injury list. What the hell is going Mate. on here? Got to go on um injury list here. Ring us off some of those injuries, mate. I will. Where are we? Let's get to... to for, anyway, that, the thing I was, I was saying uh, that I want to see this year, all right? We may not ever see it again. Right? And what I'm going to say... You probably agree with me, Sauce. We're never probably going to see a player kick 100 goals in a season. Ever, ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So my thing is... When you kick 100 goals for listeners overseas or they're not familiar with our game, if you kick 100 goals in a season, that is unbelievable. And what happens is everyone runs on the field. The supporters run on the field, storm Support, the field. Support, they just, they just, it's like, yeah, they invade the pitch, mate, to celebrate with the player for kicking 100 goals. And then obviously there's a delay in the game. They all have to get put back in their seats. Security get around the players, take the player off the field, whatever. It's, it's actually awesome. I've been able to see it once. I've actually been able to run on the field when 100 goals was kicked. I've done it. I've ran. I've ran on the field. I was at a game. There you go. Was it at the Buddy game, or did you do it for Lloyd? I think it was for Matthew Lloyd when he kicked 100 in the season. Awesome. That. So my thing is, all right. So also listen to this. Lance Franklin's got 944 goals. He's not going to kick 100. No one's going to kick 100. If he gets to a thousand career goals, you have to run on the field. You were never going to see a player kick a thousand goals in their career ever again in this game. That's a fair point, Doma. The way the game is played these days, I genuinely think there will not be another player. You, you got to run on, I'm, and don't come knocking on my door saying you're, you're inciting people to run on the field and this. Just shut up, mate. You're not going to say. Like we said last time, there was a strict warning in that game in 2008 or whatever it was, 2010, when Buddy kicked 100. If you run on the field, mate, power of the people. They all freaking ran. You didn't find anyone. All right, just shut up. If they're going to do it, they're going to exactly do it. Exactly right. Don't, don't say I started this, but it would be actually a nice gesture for Franklin. Uh, great career. He's been injured, obviously. He's 56 goals away. It might happen over the next two seasons, but when it happens, I think it'd just be a really great thing and a monumental thing in our game to see, I don't know, that part of football lived out again one last time, potentially, for however long it takes before, if anyone ever kicks 100 goals in the season again, or if anyone ever kicks 1,000 goals in their career. So just to give you an insight into Buddy before we move on, because we have been on this for a while, uh, he played 182 games at Hawthorne, kicked 580 
goals in 182 games. He's only played 118 games at Sydney since 2014 because he's been injured. And in those 118 games, he's kicked 364 goals. It's pretty good. He's played 300 games, Source, and he's kicked 944 goals in 300 games. Pretty good. Not bad. So... All the best to Buddy back this week. It's going to be awesome. Uh, the ladder quickly before we move on. Oh, the, injury list, the injury list, oh. sorry for Freo, Bailey Banfield, uh, Joel Hamling, Stephen Hill, Rory Lobb, Griffin Logue. I'm just talking about guys that are in their starting team. Uh, Alex Pierce, Michael Walters, Darcy Tucker. Yeah. Uh, and then they've I'm got I'm going to tip GWS. I don't think I told you my tip, but I'm going to have to go with GWS after hearing that. Um, and I'll run, run through the ladder here quickly, Doma. Obviously, you know, you got you got eight teams that had a win, eight teams that had a loss. Uh, so, uh, Power, Eagles, Demons, Swans, Tigers, Bulldogs, Crows, Saints. That rounds, up, rounds out the eight. Then you got uh, Hawks. Uh, oh, sorry, eight, nine teams that had a win and nine teams that had a loss. Uh, not, uh, Hawks, Bombers, Giants, Cats. Magpies, Blues, Lions, Dockers, Suns, and your boys, the Kangas, sitting on the bottom where they'll probably be most of the year. Number one pick, baby. That's what we want. All right, let's move on. Let's get into the EPL very quickly. There's not much to get through here. Uh, The games since our last podcast have been Fulham lost to Leeds 2-1, Brighton beat Newcastle 3-0, Villa Villa lost to Spurs 2-0, and West Ham and Arsenal drew 3-3. Not even going to bother getting into um, the ladder. What's the point on the table? It's 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 over. over. We've been saying this for, what, four four five weeks now? Five weeks? But there's a a week off this week, so I'm not even going to go through the games either. They've got a break for Easter. Uh, sorry, they've got a break this week. They'll be back for Easter the following week. So there's a week off. Um, and yeah, obviously and there's back. no Champions League action until the no. 7th of April um, where they the quarterfinals kick off. That's it. Beautiful. So there's EPL done and dusted. It's been sorted very quickly there. All right, let's right, before we get into UFC, it's back source. The F1s is back. I am so excited. Uh, we've got the Bahrain Grand Prix this Sunday, uh, well, I think it's Monday here, actually. It's going to be an early morning one. So, well, unlucky for me, I'll be uh, watching it from the couch early in the morning. So, I think I might get an early night's uh, sleep on Sunday. But Bahrain Grand Prix, uh, Red Bull look fast in testing. All right. Bit of late mail came in yesterday. And I'll get to that at the end of this segment. But the drivers, I'm going to go through it because there's been a few, few changes. changes. Speak to me. All right. A few changes and a few team name changes and the look of everything. All right. So Mercedes is still Hamilton and Bottas. Red Bull is Verstappen and Sergio Perez, who came across from uh, Force India. What were they last year? I've gone blank on who they were. Uh, McLaren is my boy. This is my favorite team. This is my team, right? My boy Lando. And then Danny Rick. It doesn't get much better than that for uh, for McLaren. Aston Martin, who is the new team on the block, uh, has Lance Stroll, which is formerly uh, the pink team, man. What the, I can't believe I've gone blank on this. 
If I could help you out, Dom, I would. But yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not I, I, I just watch the races. But I don't anyway. really. I don't really know anyway. the teams. I only know. I only know the main ones. You know, and I yeah, only know Aston what the, the team that Danny Rick play, goes yeah. that uh, yeah. he drives for. Aston Martin's in it. Uh, Stroll and Vettel. So Vettel's moved across from Ferrari to Aston Martin. Alpine, who was Renault. So Renault is now Alpine, and that's got Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso makes his return to Formula One racing. Yes, did this year, see which that, which is fantastic. interesting, which is which is good. You know, another top driver, uh, former. He's, he's, corrected, did he formally win a world championship or got really close? Uh, no, he, he won two world. There you go. So top A class driver back in F one, which is Ferrari. Which is, I think he might have won one at Ferrari as well. Which is great. I did see that on Twitter, so uh, I'm excited for so that. So it's good to have him yeah, back. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to find this team while we're while I'm going through these. And then uh, Ferrari's got Charles Leclerc, another one of my favorite drivers, and another guy that I love as well, uh, Carlos Sainz, who came from McLaren. He's at Ferrari now. So uh, the team was Racing Point. That's the team I was thinking about. So Racing Point is now Aston Martin. I was literally so about to say it. I just, I just found... Uh, <laughs> And then we've got AlphaTauri still in it. Pierre Gasly stayed stuck around with uh, AlphaTauri. Obviously, he won a GP last year. He was fantastic. And Tsunoda, the Japanese driver, is uh, jumped on board. Very promising kid, this one, Saucy. Very, very promising. Uh, he's got a lot of potential. Uh, and then Alfa Romeo, Kimi Raikkonen's gone around again with uh, Giovinazzi, which will be awesome. Williams, uh, Georgie Russell, and Latifi. And then we had last year, we had Haas, all right? We had Romain Grosjean and we had um, Magnussen, Kevin Magnussen for Haas, all right? And Haas, they needed a bit of a kick up the bum, all right, Source? They needed a kick up the bum. They were struggling for so long. So the thought process behind Haas was we got to get some young drivers in. Now, this duo that I'm about to tell you, could not be any more opposite <laughs> for a very long time in Formula One racing. It could be probably as close as what Albon was to Verstappen last year at Red Bull, but Verstappen isn't a, a, a nutter like one of the drivers in this team, right? Haas, number one driver, the son of the legend, one of the goaded ones, Mick Schumacher, so Michael Schumacher's son, Mick Schumacher, is the number one driver at Haas. So he'll be driving for them this year. And then the bad boy, Mazepin, who got in trouble last year. He got in trouble when he came onto the team <laughs> twice. This guy is a nutter, all right? We love it, though. We love it, Dom. He can drive. He can drive, but he's a nutcase, but he can drive. I'm telling you, he's got that Verstappen-type ability where he drives like he's got nothing to lose. He'll take risks. He drives fast. He drives hard. Yeah, obviously, he's not in a Red Bull, but he's in a Haas. All he has to do is just bloody, just get through races, not do anything too stupid to cut off people. And How many races do you reckon he's going to DNF this year? Well, I'm not going to make a prediction on that. I don't like seeing anyone DNF. I know it makes for good theatre. I like great races like we had in, where was it last year? where it was just overtakes galore. That's what you want. You want to see driving head-to-head. You don't want to see Hamilton winning by a freaking 50, 50 seconds and lapping his teammate. Where if, if his teammate's got the second fastest car. Then... So, 
the bit of news that came out, there's been articles. You can go look it up if you want. But the rumor on the street is that McLaren tanked their testing. Because um, a lot of the staff and the drivers got in the car and they have shit themselves because they are so fast. They actually were scared when they first drove the car. They did not realize how quick it was compared to last year. They oh were scared. Oh, my Lord. They, they genuinely got in the car and they were scared. So a lot of people was... That's the rumor. It's not fact. But the rumor is that they finished in the middle of the pack because they're hiding the speed and getting it ready for this weekend where potentially people are saying that they finished P3 on the constructors last year that potentially could give a contest for Red Bull and McLaren, uh, Red Bull and Mercedes, but potentially could be quicker than Red Bull. Look, Doma, we need some. We need some competition. I know. We need something, Doma. I'm praying. Please. Please. How good would it be? The greatest thing that could happen this year is either Lando or Ricardo win a world championship. If that happens, oh, come on, please. I, I hope it's true, Doma. I hope it's true. I hope it's true that our boy Danny Rick has finally been given a car that he could show his skills. Because, you know, not for anything, Doma, in that piece of shit that he was driving last year, how many top 10 finishes did he have? And he ended up on he the podium a few times. Top ten every week. He was top ten every so, week. So, and he was driving an absolute shit box, mate. Oh, so if, if he actually gets I'm, a car that has some speed, oh. Sauce, I'm, sauce, I'm excited because you know when I hear things like this, and it happens to be McLaren. If it was any other team, I'd be like, oh. If it was Red Bull, I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, at least they, I saw like, oh they're fast on the testing. You know, I got excited because I'm like, oh yeah, you know, they'll contest uh, be a contest with um. Mercedes, because Hamilton needs a bit of, uh, I don't know, someone to at least challenge him, besides Bottas, who he's one minute quicker than anyway, so it doesn't really count. So, you know, that, it's just that excitement, all right? It's, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but the worst possible thing that can happen when you get information like this source is that both cars have engine failure on Sunday and they both don't finish. Oh, wow. That would be, that would be pretty this funny. Time, but... Also, this time last year, don't don't forget Lando Norris finished third in race one of the uh, 2020 season. So he finished on, on the podium. It was his only podium for the season, but he drove like a machine. So faster car, good drivers, anything can happen. Uh, the lastly, before we do move on, the other thing, please... Please, Ferrari, please, for the sake of Formula One racing and for the sake of your brand, please do yourself like, you need credibility this season, man. Last year was bad. Like Leclerc was driving uh, the big red car from the Wiggles, as I kept saying, and Vettel was driving just the big, he was driving literally a fire engine. That's how big and slow the car looked on the bloody <laughs> on the on the track. If you could, if Leclerc could get the the Wiggles big red car to do things, surely they fix some of their problems. Please, please, I just want you to show me something. You got to be at least top three, top four. 
So, yeah, look, very exciting time, sort of. Very, very exciting. Uh, and looking forward to this Sunday. Uh, moving on, UFC, uh, good card. And we've got a big one this weekend. Yeah, it was so, a good card. So, uh, obviously, it was UFC Fight Night, Brunson versus Holland. Uh, we'll run through the main card, as we usually do. In the heavyweight division, uh, with the knockout, within inside the first minute, our boy, Tai Tuavasa, uh, knocked Harry Hunt's sucker, knocked him the fuck out. Let's just let's just put it like that. Um, it was it was one of the most interesting fifty seconds of fighting you ever see. Uh, you had Hunt sucker was trying to you know box him up top, and Tai Tuavasa threw these lethal leg kicks, and he landed about five lethal leg kicks right, and within that first 30, 40 seconds, right. And you could see Hansaka was already struggling to stand on that leg within the first 30 seconds of the fight. Now, that meant that um, Hansaka was trying to you know, move forward, tied to a vas according with one sweet one on the chin, and then uh, that rocked him, and then uh, it was good night from there. Then you had the bantamweight division. You had Adrian Yanez uh, knocked out Gustavo Lopez, the women's strawweight. You had... Uh, Monstrat Louise defeated Chennai Boys, Boys, or Boys, however you say it, uh, in the third round decision. Uh, then you had in the welterweight division, uh, Max Griffin knocked out Keenan Song. And let me tell you, that was an absolute cracking knockout. So if you haven't seen it, go watch that. And then the main event, middleweight division, you had Derek Brunson defeated Kevin Holland. Uh, went the distance, went five rounds, but a the judges' scorecards was like 49, 46, or 40, uh, you know, 48, uh, um, 49, 46, I believe, on all across all the cards. It was a dominant fight by Derek Brunson. He got Kevin Holland onto the ground in a number of the rounds and was able to just wear him down. And, you know, when you do that and you assert yourself uh, in the top position, top mount, and are just able to chip away, chip away, chip away, and, you know, you pretty much pound your way to... Uh, a judge's scoring decision, essentially, because, you know, you're showing that you are the better fighter by being able to stay on top and, you know, uh, land more strikes, which is, you know, by the end of the fight, Derek Brunson, it was no doubt who was the winner. Um, Kevin Holland was severely outmatched in that uh, fight. Now, Doma. Don't worry about UFC fight night, Brunson versus Holland. That was a good card. Right, that was a good card. That's worried about. But I literally got nothing on this card coming up this week. UFC... 260. Uh, you got the early prelims kicking off at 9 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Prelim card kicking off at 11 a.m. And then the main card kicking off at 1 p.m., which will give us some of these mains. Oh, so my we God. got the lightweight division. You got Jamie Malaki versus Karma Worthy. Then you got the bantamweight uh, division Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida. He's back. O'Malley. O'Malley's back. Uh, anyone who forgets, O'Malley was obviously 12-0 and 0 before he lost his previous fight. Actually lost it, uh, got injured within the fight, and had to you know retire hurt, and then therefore lost the, lost the fight. Uh, but he's back from an injury. Uh, I'll be interested, interested to see how he goes about it. He was very obviously it's very cocky good. in his last fight, and then look what happened to him. Um, I mean, that's just his nature. Uh, so we'll see. He's got knockout power, so very excited to watch this. Now, this is this is where it gets interesting. These two fights are going to be absolute oh. crackers. Uh, welterweight division. You've got uh, 
Tyron Woodley versus Vin- oh. Vincente Luque. And um, I'll just go through here. Uh, you got Tyron Woodley seven on seventh in the ranking in the welterweight division. Obviously, where the man Kamara Usman, Kamara Usman is the uh, title holder. Uh, Vicente Luque is tenth on the rankings. So this is going oh, to be nice. a massive, uh, you know, close. it's a top like ten it. matchup, Donna. So uh, you know, this is these are the fights that you, that you live for in in the UFC. Tyron Woodley obviously wins that. He's going to move up the rankings, and Vicente oh, yeah. Luque. If he wins, he's going to move up uh, and vice versa. If they lose, they're going to obviously move down. Uh, and then the main card, which is going to be a cracker because the first fight was a cracker. Uh, and let's hope we see more of the same in this second fight. It's for the heavyweight title, Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou. Oh. This is going to be a cracker. And... You know what I say, Doma. You know what I say. The heavyweights. When the heavyweights are fighting, mate, I make sure I tune in because they throw absolute hammers. And let me tell you, Francis Ngannou throws some of the biggest punches of any person in the UFC. The man has raw, utter, like raw power. Um, You know, I'll be interested to see how Stipe handles it around this time around. But you know what? I'm not going to count out the champ, and I, I, I don't really know who to take in this fight. Um, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be, interesting. It's going to be an interesting fight. And I, I look, I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be a super even fight. I'll be interested to see if anyone, you know, if they uh, both try fight it uh, standing up and uh, you know less on the ground, or whether you know one of them tries to take it to the ground and uh, you know use their their jujitsu skills and a bit of ground and pound game. So. Yeah, Domo, look, cracking cracking card, UFC 260, this Sunday, 1pm, the main card kicks off Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Obviously, if you're in the States, uh, it's I'm guessing it's probably Saturday night for you guys. So, um, yeah, tune in this Sunday. Very nice. Uh, Sauce, now, we've come to the moment in the show where we undenard this week. We undenied. We're like, do we give it to someone that we love in the hobby or do we not? And we deliberated back and forth and we said, he'll understand. He has to understand. All right. So we are going to do the Lamont of the week. Now, <laughs> I'll set the scene before Saucy just, he jumps in, in it too. All right. So my daily commute to work in the morning consists of about an hour's drive, all right? So an hour into work, probably about an hour and a half to get home. So I do about two and a half hours worth of driving a day. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. One of my usuals and one of my favorites is Luca Tigers Bronze. Luca Nation, love it. I'd love to say I'm part of double coverage and double coverage family, but I'm also a Luca Nation family member. Love it. Listen to it. Heaps of their podcast, and I'm driving to work, and we love Cage. We love Cage dearly, and Cage, nothing against you, but man, I don't know if you want some crazy feels when you did podcast two five seven, but like I said, it takes me an hour to get to work. That's if I don't have an accident. 
Because when you said some of these things, I almost drove off the road, mate. <laughs> I literally had to do the pullover. I did the right thing, you know, just pull over, get my phone, get on the record and say, Source, you got to go listen to this podcast right now. you got to go listen to Cage. I'll set the picture for you. He started with uh, LeBron. I know Gary V. It was with NFT. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And he was just like, he jumped into it and he shat on um, NFTs and he said people were going to be holding bags of steaming poles of you know what. Then from there, (laughs) he jumped onto one of our boys that we love as well. Uh, one of our friends in the hobby, uh, Josh from Cardboard Chronicles. So I gave it to him. This is in regards to the PSA 10. Fleer Jordan. Uh, Fleer Jordan, which we're going to talk about in Hobby Talk next. And he said that the index on card ladder uh, <laughs> wasn't predicting the right thing, the outcome, and that's not the be all end all and the prices and the stuff with the PSA 10 Fleer Jordan. And then... The nail in the coffin was the LeBron James injury where he said he'd never be a goated, a goat player. He's just, everyone's held Kyrie and AD. He had to jump on their shoulders and get carried to finals. And then I said, source, you got to listen to it. Listen to it. Now source, listen to this. And as you know, we love LeBron, right? We openly have said, you know, Jordan, whatnot. It's fine. I don't care. It's, we're not making this a comparison thing. But probably there is going to be a few comparisons to the GOAT in this segment before you obviously get the most prestigious award in the hobby. So, Sauce, I've set the picture. Now, <laughs> you listen to this and what were your thoughts? We love you, Cage. <laughs> Mate, I was thinking, boy, oh, boy. This man is on one today. I don't know what it was. He hadn't had his meds or something because the man was on some loony stuff. Um, you know, going on saying ridiculous shit like, you know, he's faking an injury so that, you know, he can not go, uh, you know, four from 11 in the finals um, and saying, oh, just outrageous, outrageous statements. And I was just thinking... You're starting to sound a bit like, uh, you know, you're starting to sound a bit like a lemon cage, brother. Some of those things that you were saying there, just, you know what? They were just lemon worthy. That's why we've had to give you the most prestigious award in award in the hobby. Um, you know, not for anything, right? Jumped on the back of AD's shoulders, LeBron. Uh, jumped on the back of uh, Kyrie's shoulders, apparently. Back of Wade. And, and Wade and Bosh. Bosh. Um, I mean, look, let's take it back to who's your GOAT, because we know we clearly know who that is, because you, you, you own a PSA 10 uh, of his card, his rookie card. Um, I mean, let's not forget what happened in his early days when, when uh, he didn't have the support there. He he couldn't he couldn't make it to the finals. Whereas LeBron single handedly took his team to the finals. Right? And I'm not I'm not defuting. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say that 
LeBron is the best player of all time because I've always stated, and this is my, my my view is Jordan is the best player of all time. He is the he is a goat, or he can be the goat, and whatever you want to call him, or people out there want to call him, because he did it first, right? And he was here first, and he did it in that manner first. That's why he's considered, even in my eyes, as the goat. Now, right up there, second behind him is LeBron James. The, the, the bottom and line to be is you've second, got to give this guy respect. And like. to, to be second right there behind and be talked about in that manner, I mean, although apparently he's not a goat in your eyes, uh, I mean, I don't know who else you'd, you'd put above uh, LeBron. I mean, I'd love, love to hear that. Love, love to know that. I mean, if it's Kobe, I'm not going to uh, be upset at that because as you can see, I've got the Kobe in the background here and I'm a Lakers supporter, so that wouldn't bother me. But other than Kobe, you know, speak to me, Cage. Speak to me. Uh, you know... Unfortunately, this is we're in this uh, the age of you know everyone likes to have these debates about the goats. But enough about that. It's more the manner about you talking about LeBron faking injuries, LeBron not wanting to go you know four and eleven in the finals. All NFTs are shit. All in, that's then, right. Then you then you ragged on you go you said you made the comment that show referring to the crossover. <laughs> And then you, you you didn't bag him, but yeah, you, you had a crack at Josh as well. And I was just like, and this was all in the same, like it was in the same like ten minutes of it was just of, one, of it was chat just one after each other. And you, mate, it was literally, okay, you should come on to crunch time and do fire or flame because you just went flame, flame, flame. Yeah, there was no fire there. There was just straight flaming. You were splashing the triple threat, the three like curry, and it was smooth. I'm not gonna lie. It was smooth, and it was very interesting to talk about. And you know what? He got the reaction. Because he got the lemon! Because he probably wanted. He got people talking about it. I don't know if anyone else has gone and talked about it, but we just happened to have the most prestigious award uh, nomination. In the hobby. On, uh, on, on, in the hobby, on our podcast. So, Congratulations, you know, you Cage. You have been you nominated for Lemon of the Year. You have been shortlisted. Uh, based <laughs> off your 257, podcast 257, the number, um, where you just were literally on uh, being a lemon. Very nice. Uh, make sure you do go down also and have a listen to their podcast. Always uh, very entertaining. And when you get takes like that, you know, it makes you think as a person in the hobby, you know, it gets you... It gets you worked up sometimes, but it also gets you to think. And that's what, I know, thought-provoking things in the hobby are always fantastic. But unfortunately, Cage, you qualified and we couldn't pass up on the opportunity to uh, get you a part of our show through the Le Mans of the Week. So all the best and uh, <laughs> hopefully you don't go too hard on us. <laughs> all right, moving on. Hobby talk. Um Obviously, we had the fair on Sunday. We'll get into that at the end of this segment. But let's start with the price drop on this PSA 10 Jordan source. All right. You've done you've done a bit of looking into this. Uh, we did mention it on this show, all right? Uh, it was a bit of, as we call it uh, here, late mail. It's late mail when a bit of rumor and and whatnot, but it came on great accord and by a reputable person. Obviously, we're not going to name... You don't name your sources, clearly. But we mentioned it on the podcast that 
uh, we were told that PWCC had five of these uh, PSA 10 Jordans in their lot to sell. In their vault. And what happened? In their vault. And what happened? And they couldn't even move them for 500,000. Now, this was literally soon after there was two sales confirmed on Golden at 720,000 or 730,000. They had what, eight of these or, or six six or eight of these 10 Jordans sitting in their vault uh, wanting to sell them and they could not find a buyer uh, at that price. They couldn't even find a buyer at 500000 Uh And now, obviously, we've seen the real correction because the card has gone down significantly, uh, Doma. It has gone down significantly. Um, and here we are where the last sold, I think, was around two fifty. dollars um, I, I believe. So here we go. Oh, not 250, sorry. 492 last sold recorded on card ladder. And I believe there was a, a sale even less than that, which was on, which was an, an auction through through uh, PWCC, maybe. Um, so, I mean, you know, 720 dropped down, uh, not for anything, you know, in the last month itself, it has dropped 16%, which is a whopping $96,000. Uh, it's in the last three months. It, it's, it's still up in the last three months. But if you... If you uh, you know, custom graph it from, say, uh, the start of February to today's date, uh, it is down 23%, which is a whopping $153,000. Um, now, we did, as we said, we did have on good authority um, that, you know, P- P- PWCC couldn't move these cards at that price. Of five hundred thousand short after the golden auction record sale, um, and it's interesting enough. It's interesting enough that it's all come full circle. And what we were, what we've been, we were told uh, is that you know has come true, and the price has come down, and it's it's sort of started to level off at around the five hundred thousand dollar mark. Um, now we have been also said in the past that this card's going to get to a million. Do I see this card getting to a million? Maybe. Maybe it hits a million. But once it hits that million, I think something very, very similar, which is what has happened now, is going to happen again. It's going to hit that million. There's going to be a flood to the market. People are going to try sell and try get a mill. And it's going to come back down. And I reckon it's going to, you know, maybe get back down to 500,000. We'll get down to 600,000. Um, I just don't, I don't see this card, although I was convinced previously, now, after what I've seen with this market and speaking to other people uh, who have been in this a lot longer than me, I just, I still genuinely don't think if it gets to a million that there's enough buyers out there for to buy this card at a million dollars. Yeah, the, pro- the problem is as well, as Source has said, and I understand Junk Wax era and all that stuff, but you can go buy this, the box, like, and potentially get three of those Jordans in there. And in the day and age we live in now where it's just a, a packet, you, when you pack it, you sleeve it, you top loader it, and you ship it to get graded immediately, the chances of getting 10s are a lot higher if the card's in good nick compared to, obviously, back then, if there wasn't as, like, the card care now is at an all-time high when it comes to grading. So it could be potential that more flood into the market. So the pop report goes higher. And unfortunately, when the pop report on this car goes higher, it's just going to stay all go down. It's going to stay at one price, all go down. Because you can't have 
I think how many there's over a hundred, isn't there? hundred and eleven was it last time? The pop on that ten. On the ten. So the ten there's three hundred and fifteen on the pop. Well, three hundred and fifteen. So if that goes up to five hundred, that's not five hundred million dollars worth of cards. If it goes up to a million. Yeah. So and no one's gonna pay a million dollars a pop for this card. The PSA nine on another note has is actually down from the same time from the first of February to today. It is actually down fifty one percent. It's on a fifty percent discount from its all time high. Well, there you go. So yeah, it's dropping. And, and it, look, dropping. and Jordan's not the only one. It's happened to Kobe. It's happened to LeBron. Yeah, it's, happened to um, yeah. it's happened to all the goats and all these vintage guys that have shot up. Tim Duncan even shot up, and now he start to level back down. But this is where I yeah. think if you're smart enough to play this, you know, buying the Duncan, buying the Kobe's that are now coming back down because not not for anything like the Hall of Fame hasn't even been induction hasn't even happened. Um, Kobe's and all of Fame inductions hasn't even happened, and, and Tim Duncan. Nope. Um, there's nope. word, obviously, that there's going to be a Lakers uh, uh, documentary, documentary about that championship. I think in 2000, the back to back where they went back to back, 2009. Yeah, 2010. and I also heard there's also going to be one for Magic Johnson coming out as well. Right, exactly. So even Magic Johnson's cards, which had amazing an amazing run up, if you go have a look at his 1981 tops which is his first solo card, not his rookie, because his rookie is the, the three-panel card with Irving and, and, and Bird. Uh, well, that's his main... That's his rookie, in, in essentially. He's most expensive it is his rookie. rookie. That's his um, rookie. There are, he's on other panels, Magic Johnson. There's other three-panel cards, much similar to the Topps Matrix, where LeBron's on these other panels with spuds. They're not worth anything. They're not worth that much. You know what I mean? They're worth something, but they're not worth as much as that one where he's with two other Hall of Famers. Now, his first solo card, which is the 1981, same with the Larry Bird, the 1981, where he's wearing the jacket. He's wearing the Celtics jacket and um, Magic's doing a layup between two guys. That card's also come down as well. So, good opportunity here. Um, you know, these cards are starting to come down. If you aren't looking at this on card ladder and realizing how much they've actually dropped, um, you've got to realize it's never going to get back to the same price what it was at you know, say back in December last year, it's just not. Yeah. It's just not how the market works. The market usually comes, finds a new floor, starts leveling off. You'll see uh, a, a, a level off of prices, and people are people are happy to eat it up at that. And you got to understand, maybe it's the same guys who bought those same cards back earlier, or were holding them, or holding a bunch of them and selling them uh, because once they reach the all time highs, and then realizing, hey, you know, it's literally fifty percent down from its all time highs, sixty percent down. Let's pick them up now because, you know, there's still uh, events to happen for interest to be gained on these uh, players directly. And that will see another price hike in their cards, therefore making another uh, selling opportunity. And, you know, if you aren't, you know, if you're just buying to collect to hold forever, that's fine. You don't really matter what price you sort of pay for the card, especially if it's a card you want. But if you're looking at buying and flipping and then being able to then reinvest that money into other cards to keep continually flipping, to build your bankroll, to potentially buy a grail, you know, these are the opportunities that you live for and you should be looking for. So, Correct. Um, yeah, the Jordan is not obviously the only one. It's a lot of these cards, a lot of these goats and a... Hey, I'm happy about it because, you know, there was a, you know, although I was giving Smokies of uh, Kobe Bryant for how long, Dom? I literally a two-month period was another Kobe Bryant card every month. And if you took my Smokey, you'd probably be up thousands and thousands of dollars right now, um, especially if you bought PSA 10s or even PSA 9s. You'd be up a considerably large amount of money. Um, but I'm glad because I want to buy some nice Kobe inserts and there was some serious Kobe inserts that just literally, literally went for like... 
50 to 100 USD to like four or 500. Now they're back around down to the 200 mark and I'm hoping they drop yeah. back down to around 150 and I can pick up a nice couple of nice inserts. So uh, yeah, I, I, I'm happy that it's coming back down because I want to buy some more Kobe's. <laughs> yeah, it is happening across the board and I think it's not just sport. I think obviously it's happening in Pokemon. We saw the Zard uh, go for a bit more than what it was, but it wasn't as expected. So prices are starting to... As we said, it's never going to crash. It'll just equal itself out. Balance, sorry, balance itself out over time. Uh, but it will ebb and flow. It will always ebb and flow. Vintage will get a ma- massive bull run eventually. Again, we'll just skyrocket. And it's like it's literally like the stock market when it comes to cards now. So uh, the other thing you brought to my attention. Now... We're not gonna. We're not accusing anyone of anything here. Yeah, I'm. We're not doing that. It's just it came to our attention by a couple of people who actually told us this that PSA deeming cards ungradable. Um, and I asked Source when Source said it to me. I said, "Oh, so what? They're all ripped and battered." And he said, "No, they're just not grading the card." And I said, "What do you mean? What? So it's not going to just. So they're not going to grade it. So it doesn't go on a pot report." But Saul said to me, he goes, it doesn't matter if it's like they'll still if it's graded a one or a two, people still collect that stuff. So I said, I was confused. What what's deemed ungradable? Is the yeah, card look, like cut up? Into, we don't know. And, cut up and, into pieces and sticky tape back together. Look, we don't know. Like, and this is the, the things. The person who told me this was, you know, someone they know sent in six Fleer eighty six Jordans, six of them. Four got I'm pretty sure he's, four yeah. got graded. Two got sent back to him as ungradable. Now, even if they are altered, say trimmed or whatever, they will still slab that and say it's an altered card or a trimmed card, but it's still a real card. The fact that they're sending them back as ungradable, I don't know what to make of it. It's an, it's interesting, you know, make of oh, it what you will. You know, do they not want to grow that pop report specifically? Maybe it's just these higher end cards. They want to try keep it lower who knows that's the word on the street do we is it a hundred percent uh fact that they are doing this no uh is it uh speculation yes um yes but when but- you hear things like this and you know this is a this is a friend of his so and why would he have any reason to lie to us about this and, um, and the other thing as well is why is he sending in six Fleer jordan cards if they're in like ungradable condition because to grade that card knows, it's very expensive yeah. Doma. because even if he knows if he gets a, a three or a four he's still going to make more money than what it cost him to get the car graded a hell of a lot more yeah so that's why i'm just like that's the thing i just can't wrap my head around like if anyone else has heard anything like this i'm not accusing them of doing it i'm just saying if you've heard anything I mean, like this as we do just, we always report this let's stuff. just we say Doma, uh, the last sold four Sold for about, I mean, the last sold four sold for 7K, which is a bit ridiculous. Someone's overpaid for that, seriously. But still $5,000 it's worth as a PSA for. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Like, as you said, I know we've been very harsh on PSA. Very, very harsh on them. But I'm not accusing them of doing this because there's no evidence of them actually doing it. I'm just saying we're being told by another reputable person in the hobby, which has no reason to lie. So... And this person sends cards to PSA, so it's just like they have no reason. And we just to bring it to attention because so, I'm like, 
Look, it, it, it's yeah, bizarre. I, it's bizarre I, practice. Yeah, I just it's bizarre practice just wanna, because you know when you got card wanna, when you got I, grades yeah. from one to to yeah. ten, surely I just work out, unless that card is ripped in half and sticky tape back together. Yes, it should still get a grade. Staple. I'm just I'm, I'm just confused of what possibly could be the criteria to deem a card ungradable. If anyone knows that out there or has had that yeah. happen to them with PSA. Or BGS or, or another grading gra- company, something else in that that terms ungradable, and they've sent your card back. DM us. We want to know. We like. I mean, this is why we talk about this stuff because it, it seems bizarre to do that as a grading company. Because at the end of the day, you, you you grade that card, they still make money, even if they grade it altered, they still make money. I don't know. It's just odd. I found it pretty odd, but. Uh... We'll move on. We've got a couple more things. Uh, Golden Auction latest results source. If you want to go through a couple of the cards, oh, anything notable on there? Let me just that you want to bring it up, Dommer. Discuss, and I'm going to bring up our next part of our thing. Unfortunate for people uh, listening, but as usual, we'll always read off the cards, uh, what they're titled. So then you know exactly what we're talking about because we don't want you missing out. Uh, so obviously we had the Kobe Bryant Nebula one of one Prism Choice Nebula nineteen twenty Gem Mint nine point five BGS selling for one hundred twenty one thousand uh, dollars, which was an absolute Wowza. cracking sale of uh, Kobe Bryant card uh, that Nebula, which looked absolutely sweet. Um, then we had a 86, obviously we had the 86 Fleer, that's what we just talked about, 480,000 sold for, uh, you know, old mate Timberland's probably, he's just lost, uh, you know, 250k on his sale, oh, uh, he's no. down 250k, uh, thanks to old mate, uh, Ken, who's, uh, you know, stitched him up, uh, and, uh, got him to bid 730, just, uh, for a nice, uh, buyer's premium f- fee. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, yeah, look, there's a few cards, um, you know, people saying, you know, a bit underwhelming with the prices. Well, no, in my opinion, not underwhelming, probably just a correction in the market. Because obviously we've seen the last few auctions that Ken had, he had some cards that just sold for ridiculous prices. Um, and definitely it's not sustainable in any market. Nothing ever just keeps going up, up, up. Nothing keeps going up. Like it's just... It doesn't happen in the stock market. It doesn't happen in the crypto market. It doesn't happen in any, you know, healthy market that has sustainability long-term. So to see these corrections actually refreshing, Doma. It's refreshing to see some of these cards, you know, leveling off and going back down. Um, gives people opportunity. Gives people opportunity. To actually get into the hobby and buy some cards. For yeah, them, and buy so. some, you know, grail cards that, that um, potentially they may have not been able to get before because the, the prices were just out of hand. Um, now there was an absolutely cracking auto, which sold a, a, uh, it was a 2005 and six upper deck exquisite collection, uh, 22 of 23 games, uh, used patch. And now this is the best part. The patch is actually behind anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, it was lot 14 on the, on the latest auction. And it's, the, it's the, uh, actually the, um, I mean, I'll bring it up on the mini home overlay. Here you go. Uh, it is the Michael Jordan, and boy, oh boy, that's a beautiful card. It was graded an 8.5. Can you bring up a bigger picture of this or what? Come on, Ken. Oh, there we go. Bang. There it is. Um, 
How good does that card look? Now, graded an 8.5. Don't worry about the grade. There's only 23 of them made in the world for number 23, uh, Michael Jordan. And that looks elite. And that sold for an absolutely cracking price of uh, $68,000, which I think is, you know, probably probably reasonable price, that, that grade. Um, but it's a nice card, it is a beautiful man. card. Uh, we can go through a few more. Uh, there was a couple of uh, nice cards. You got the, obviously the 2007 uh, Topps Chrome X Fractor uh, Kevin Durant rookie, which at a PSA nine uh, sold for 75k. Uh, here we go, bang! That is a beautiful card there. That Kevin Durant, look at that X Fractor. That's a nice card. PSA nine. Obviously, if that's a ten, that's probably about a three hundred thousand dollar card. Let's be honest. Um, we'll go back Definitely. have a look through we see some of the prices here uh, what else we got here I should have just organised this by basketball because we don't really go too much in the don't really go too much into the yeah here we go we've got a Willie Mays that's an interesting one oh, Willie 1952 Mays. Willie Mays let's bring that up obviously we know Willie Mays is a very famous uh, baseball player uh, rookie card, 1952, from that 1952 set. I think it's his rookie card. I wouldn't know. If anyone knows if it's his rookie card, all I know is that 1952 set is a killer because that's the same set that the Mickey Mantle's got. Man. Uh, and that sold for... Mind you, this is a, a, a what an SGC 6, and it, mm-hmm. and it sold for 32000 as an SGC 6. So, interesting stuff, Dommer. Um, but yeah, look... Good to see, um, good to see prices coming down a bit. It's what we need. 100%. Um, you know, stuff it can't always go up. And um, look, let's see. I think it's going to come back around, and there's going to be another opportune time for these prices to go booming again. And let's hope uh, people out there that you've bought the cards that you want to be able to auction off for when the next uh, big price run up comes up on some of these legend cards. Especially. Definitely. All right. Uh, a couple last things. Uh, obviously, we're, we're going to talk about it. We're deliberated whether we were or we're not. Yeah. Uh, it's more like a... It's another one of those things, yeah? Things go around on the internet, and it's... not. Obviously, we were going to say right here, right now, it's not confirmed to be accurate. Right, we're speculating on this, but we want to talk about it because it just appeared in a group, and it was a very revealing image, which could cause a lot of problems and friction within the hobby if it comes out to be true. It happened to be a distributor's price list for product, um, for sporting card products, and the distributor price compare compared to what the retail price is and then compared to what, well, obviously secondary market is whatever in terms of like after it sells retail from a store or a breaker, yeah, to someone, that price after it just becomes a joke. It wants to get on sold again. But the distribution price to some stores uh, and they had the figures there, it's quite alarming. So I don't know if anyone out there has seen it. Um, my advice is, if this happens to be true, 
uh, just going to give a bit of advice to brokers and hobby stores out there. Uh, I'd probably drop the prices very quickly because you are going to get absolutely hammered if this happens to be uh, an accurate image and it's not fake. It looked, it looked pretty legit. That's the scary part. Uh, obviously screenshotted. Whether it's doctored, I don't know, source, but we're just sitting on the fence here. I'm not saying it's good, uh, it's real, or it's not real, but I'm just saying that if it comes out that it is, it could be very, 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 um, I don't know, scary to see what people are going to do and say to hobby stores. And yeah, but look, there's one thing, yeah. Dom. We we already know that there's a, there's a markup, right? Um, yeah, hundred percent. You know, this is what we. The thing, the thing is, you know, the the box prices that we see this year is unfathomable, unfathomable, right? It's just stupid. It's it's nothing the hobby's ever seen before. These this sort of price, especially you know, obviously Prism, you know, dropping at two k at hobby, and the funny part about that is the the Dutch auction for the photo boxes sold out at two k. So they dropped their hobby boxes at two k. Uh, uh, you know, Panini dropped uh, Blowout, I think, dropped them at two five. And, and Panini dropped them at two, two k, and the photo boxes, which are supposed to be, you know, more the best, prestigious. Anyone first who doesn't off, know yeah, what photo is, off. it stands for uh, first off the line, F O T L, so the the acronym photo, and um, you know, those boxes really should be more. Now, the fact that they've got down to the same price as the hobby boxes, which Panini released directly from their site, it's pretty alarming. It's telling us... It could also be because Lamella got injured as well. Well, yeah, no, to, to, to an extent, to an extent. But, you know, I look, in my opinion, it's probably, you know, I don't know where, what I'm making of this. But what I'm saying is, you know, the image that we've seen today and you mentioned or I've seen, you know, I, I was uh, scrolling yeah. through uh, a uh, an American uh, Facebook group and someone posted this image and I took it, I looked at it and I'm like, this is this is interesting stuff. Um, I mean, and it's not untoward, you know, in terms of the prices that were there, they made sense in terms of distributor selling to a store and then obviously the store selling on to the consumer. Um, the the prices made sense, but where the issue lies is if if these are actually the prices that stores are buying this at, right? And not for anything, there's a whole bunch of breakers who also have distributor accounts, so breakers are buying it at this price, and then they're going ahead and breaking it and selling it at the price that we are getting it on the market. Boy oh boy, Dom. Boy, oh boy, if it is true, there are going to be a hell of a lot of people pissed the hell off. Now, I understand Panini's marking prices on their own site, but that's fine. That's fine. They can. They're the, they're the, they're the company. They're, they can do whatever exactly. they want. Exactly. But if, the, if this is actually happening and it's true, I mean, just put it in perspective, I think they had the Prism Hobby Boxes on there getting sold to uh, stores or from the distributor to the store at 252 USD a box. Now, anyone out there who, if you if you listen to this and you know whether this is true or not, I mean, please let us know because we would love to know. 
um, what you know the prices you you're getting wax at, and we do understand that once the the initial distribution comes out, then it's all secondary market stuff. But geez, if if you know if, if hobby shops and stuff are getting these boxes at 250 to 260 USD for a hobby box, and then going ahead and selling that for 2K to the end consumer, that's highway robbery, Dom. That's 10 times the value. That is highway robbery. And you are never, ever, ever, ever going to win on the side of buying the box for 2K. Buying the box at 2, at two like, understanding get it for 250, you won't get it for that because that's the distribution price. But then yeah. buying the box at 500, maybe 550 USD, hey, that, you know, that's maybe 800, 850 Australian, which is still up on Cherry's initial price of the box from last year, the 1920 yeah. hobby box, where he dropped the price originally at 650. So he's, yeah. you know, the price would essentially be at around 850 for this year, which is still ridiculous if you ask me, yeah. considering the draft class is, you know, not even anywhere close to as strong. Um, it's pretty ridiculous that, you know, this box is now 2,500 Australian and 2K USD to the end consumer off the bat. You know, that's the sort of prices that you see crazy, when it gets man. to the secondary market. Not to the that's consumer crazy. initially. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So, and we spoke about it last week. You know, uh, look, we understand it's a business and if Panini's selling the boxes for 2K, why shouldn't the hobby shop? Well, I don't know, man. Like, you know, as a hobby shop, you well, want to you keep that, your customers happy. Yeah, you want to yeah, keep coming, people coming cool. back for repeat uh, customer base. Also, I understand that, but that was like a limited amount was sold off of Panini for that much. But then, if they're going and selling their their price as a distribution for two hundred bucks, two fifty USD, like you can't just say, "Oh, you know," because they sold it for two grand, we're going to sell it for two grand. Like it came from Dutch auction. Yeah, we set the price. Boxes. The breakers set that price, let's be honest, because the breakers were buying all that stock to break it. Let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing. But that's literally just like, yeah, all right, those ones sold for whatever, so I understand the markups that. But if you're going to, I'm not even going to bother. I'm just telling, like, it's not, it's not a real image, not that we know. It's not authentic, as we know. But I, I don't want to alarm anyone in the hobby, but you look at the history of business <laughs> just in general outside of the hobby in the hobby anyway it, it's probably bang on accurate <laughs> if we're being like we don't want to be pessimistic i hope it's not but let's be realistic it more than likely is that panini selling it to or distributors are selling it for 250 bucks us and then it's getting sold on for 2k let's be realistic look and i've also heard other word that distributors are marking up their price to stores yeah, but but you know what that tells me if a distributor's selling it like if you're selling for 2k the distributor should at least be selling it to you for a minimum 1500 usd so at least you're making 500 profit per box which okay that's reasonable it's 5ks every 10 uh, five uh, k every ten boxes that you open, like that's reasonable. But something inside just tells me the distributor's not going. Oh, we're selling it to you for fifteen hundred. 
I don't know. Just the way things go in the hobby. Do you think that's the case? Like, based on your experience, just in general, like, I hope it's not, but do you actually think that's what a distributor selling a, a, box, a box? Look, I, I don't think it's that low at 250 but I genuinely think it's probably sub... I, I, reckon, I, I reckon it's not above... I can guarantee it's not above 500 bucks. I can guarantee you that. That's what I'm saying. I can guarantee you it's not above That's 500. And that, yeah, I'm confident I'm in that number. Could be less yeah. than that. Could be 400. Could be 350. Maybe 375 box. Regardless, regardless, I still think it... Regardless anyway, it's below $1,000, in my opinion. Anywhere below $1,000, if you're still selling it for two grand, that's cooked, man. Like, that's cooked. It's just crazy. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, but I just, just want to bring people and make them aware of what's what's happening, as we usually do. All right, let's quickly go through this, and then we'll talk about the uh, card show. All right, Panini Blockchain. We've got a new... It's our update, as we said. We're going to put an update every week, and we try and find some value. And we've got some bang. I'm going to bring it up on the home overlay, Dom. You know that. On the... It's only it's only soccer this week. All right. There's no NFL, no NBA, no baseball cards. Which I'll be honest, I'm pretty shattered about because uh, I like seeing some of those nice cards. Now, if you're now, watching on YouTube, you can see what we're talking about. We've got the PaniniAmerica.net forward slash blockchain forward slash auction forward slash blockchain dash auction slash Dutch auction. Whatever it is, you go to blockchain at the top, yeah. you click blockchain store, and this and, is where you find on, these gold. And on the uh, podcast, if you're listening, we will read the description of the card and the value of And now, if anyone at. knows, I still don't know yes. how to find this out. Yes. So... First, before we even go into this, if anyone knows how you find out what the card sold for, or sure. or, or, or whatever, from previous versions, because I still want to know what that Ronaldo one of one went for, Dom. Source, I don't know how I did it. I forgot to mention this to you yet. I, I clicked on a card that was on my phone. I did it on my phone, and it had like recently sold from the last one. Yeah, Ronaldo, the one that had Raul. And yes, kind of yeah. up. And I was scrolling across. Their their cards weren't in there for price, yeah. But it had recently sold, and I was able to go through and see it. Like I saw uh, the Coke, I think went for like six hundred and eighty bucks. How much did Ronaldo go for from from a couple of weeks? No, no, that wasn't in there. That it was just like you know when it says like recently sold, and it's like limited to like ten images. I don't know how I did it. I should try and do it while we go through some of these cards. I'll try and do it again on my phone. All right, let's go through it. Let's, 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 obviously, we'll start from the from the top. You've got the one-of-one one gold vinyl, uh, Felipe, Felipe Coutinho. Uh, current price on the Dutch auction at 14 k I'll tell you what, if that sells for more than $1,000, you are absolutely bananas. Um, that, you know, that should be under 1000 for sure. Uh, now, number two on the screen... This is where this is the Mojo card. This is the card out of this whole, um, this whole round of, of Dutch auctions on on the Panini blockchain store. Um, it's the one the of Mojo. one Legends autograph. We're gonna click it. We're gonna bring it up on the big screen. Diego Maradona gold vinyl auto prism. One of one gold vinyl auto prism is in the Barcelona kit. He's got the the wavy. It's just. Classic Maradona, as you as you remember him in his playing days. Obviously, it started at twenty five k on the on the Dutch auction. Currently, it's sitting at fourteen thousand eight hundred thirty six dollars. It's got two days and twelve hours left on it. 
Dommer, this card, in all honesty, I mean, what do you think is uh, probably a, a good price for this card? Right now. 14000 I would say around the $10,000 mark, it's probably a buy. Yeah. For a one-of-one one gold vinyl, you, you, you get that card, you, get you send it straight to PSA on an express, it instantly enhances the value. This works. This card works exactly like the Ronaldo. doesn't matter what the hell you buy it for. All right? It does not matter what you buy. And this for. has to be some one of the uh, very few uh, uh, Maradona orders Mate, and you know, left out And you know, the, you know the crazy thing? Uh, we said when the late, great Diego Maradona passed away, we said we're not going to probably see any more autos. Well, guys, obviously, Panini's got, 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 got some stickers left. Stickers. All right, now, source. If you go to paniniamerica.net forward slash blockchain, we'll do it after this. We'll just go through. It has recently sold. It's got the featured and the recently sold. All right? I'll get you a couple... Like, for example, that the uh, DeAndre Swift one-on-one NFL Shield card sold for 1400 US. What did Joey Burrow sell for? It's not on there, I don't think. Why don't they put the best ones on there? That's bullshit. Stuff you, Panini. Anyway, we'll keep going through. So we've got uh, La Liga Legends autographs. Serginho Sergi- Dest. I don't know how he ends up under La Liga Legends. What the hell? He's still playing. It's an RC card, mind you, as of of, of uh, Dest. Uh, plays for Barcelona. How's he legend? Legend. That's what they've got the it labelled as. They're absolutely, I don't know, they've lost the plot, mate. The kids Yeah, young. I know. They've, it's a rookie card. I don't know what Panini's doing. They've lost the plot. Um, that's definitely mislabeled. Uh, anyway, so that's uh, that's another one. Then we've got the uh, Luis Suarez, one-of-one one gold vinyl auto. Uh, he's in the Atletico Madrid kit. That's a nice card. Luis Suarez, probably one of the best strikers to ever play uh, in the Spanish league. Absolute gun. Uh, dominated in the Premier League. This is what I love about Luis Suarez, right? Dominated in the Premier League when he was at Liverpool. Went to the Spanish League. Dominated with uh, uh, um, Barca. And uh, dominated with uh, uh, now Atletico this season. He's doing very, very well. Um, I think he's top goal scorer in the Spanish League. Stand to be corrected. Is he? I think so. You can double check that. Have, have a look. Oh, yeah. uh, now we've got then we've got the Luka Doncic, Modric, uh, Luka Doncic. Luka Modric, not Luka Doncic. She's got the Lukas mixed up. Luka Modric plays obviously for Real Madrid. One of one gold vinyl auto. Uh, then we've got the uh, Samuel Chuku. I don't even know how to say this guy's name. Um, but, you know, not for anything. He's probably not going to be worth that much. So not worth even mentioning. And you've got a couple of more. Uh, and Barcelona, another Barcelona player. No, this is... Uh, here we go. Who's this bloke? La Liga. Another, a rookie. Uh, Javi Galen, one-on-one gold vinyl. Then you got the uh, Brian Gill, uh, Mikel Marino. So some of these guys, these are all from the La Liga. He's Suarez is second to Messi. Messi's had 23 goals this there season. Go. Right? In La Liga. So not too bad. Pretty good by Suarez. Uh, probably if they kept him, they would have done a bit better this season in La Liga, let's be honest. Um, now, this is probably the next card up that you may want to look at buying. I mean, not based off his last two years because he's literally just been injured 95% of the time. But that's Eden Hazard, one of one gold vinyl. Um, you know, if this gets under the $500 mark, on the fact that it's a one of one, I mean, he hasn't had any success just yet. Let's hope he can get on the park. Let's hope he can stay fit for the Euros. Yes. Um, then you got the uh, 
uh, Inaki Williams, well, just, Kieran Trippier. Trippier is the one I was going to say. It could be just a, a small shout. If it goes real low, it might be worth a buy because the Euros are coming up and he's going to play for England. Yes. And seeing as it is a one-on-one card, um, if you can put it on the Express and get it back um, for the Euros, it might be a good one that if England actually do okay and he's playing pretty well, you can get rid of it. Then you got uh, Mark Bartra. Uh, yeah, these are all one of ones, but these aren't autos. These are just base these one of ones. Nah. Miguel Baez, Baeza, uh, Jordi Massi. There really is an uh, NS Bardi. Uh, then you got uh, Maximine Gonalons. Uh, then you've Gon- got yeah. uh, Takafusa Kubo. Some of these names, I tell you what. Pere Mila, uh, Lucas Perez. There is, yeah. Anthony Lozano, uh, Roberto Torres. Uh, I mean, that's, that's it. it. Right? Um, so definitely, it it's the Mar- in my opinion, it's probably the Maradona, Doncic, and yeah. uh, no fuck, I've done it again. Oh, Doncic, Maradona, Luka Modric, uh, Luis Suarez. Dest. Dest is a good one as well because it's a rookie card. He's young. He's young. Uh, He's very you've good. Got Coutinho. Which is not bad yeah. as well. Hazard, and and then from there everyone else is probably trash. Uh, I mean, you said Trippier, Trippier. if he gets down low, and that's because there's potential to have success. But the same with Eden Hazard. If you can get fit and play for Belgium, yeah. Belgium's got a very good, very good side. You got to think they got Lukaku, who's an amazing, amazing season. Obviously, they got De Bruyne. They got um, who else plays for them? The the bloke that plays for for Napoli, uh, Mertens plays for for them as well. Yeah, Mertens. Uh, yeah. So they got a good, they got a good, they got a good squad. Uh, coming into the Euros. But that's our roundup. It's the Maradona. That is the one. Um, I mean, boy, oh boy, Donna, if I had the coin, you'd, you'd chop that. You'd uh, eat that up straight away, wouldn't you? 100%. 100% you would. But uh, the recently sold, I had a look. There's nothing there, mate. That really right, so I'm going to email Panini to and find out how the hell I find, find this info because <laughs> how can you... You know, this, this is this supposed to... The whole point about blockchain... The whole, the whole thing about blockchain transactions is it's all transparent. So if this is a blockchain thing, every single one of these transactions, especially on the first transaction, because it's the first, uh, you know, obviously you get sent this physical card and then you can separate the, the blockchain version from the physical version. That's fine. But we should know what these prices have sold at. So surely it's somewhere. Has to be. The whole, it's the whole premise of the yeah, blockchain know, that it's know. open information that you can go find out or find these transactions so I, we need to know we need to know i think uh, and there has to be a way so if anyone knows let us know if not i'm emailing panini this week and finding out <laughs> whether i get a response nice. probably right. get a response in 2022 all right last last thing before we get into sources smoky and finish off the show uh we had the melbourne card show at melbourne town hall on sunday um but it was different. Uh, obviously, didn't surprise Source and I when we went in there what we saw, to be honest. A lot of other people were surprised. We weren't. I've been saying it for since day dot that AFL is the underground one. And when you go to these shows, they come out and they are very heavily uh, represented by sellers. Uh, and that's what it was. There was 
next to no basketball, soccer, NFL, and baseball. Um, it was just good to honestly have a show and actually uh, get to meet some of the great people in the hobby that we've actually communicated with and build relationships with uh, during COVID throughout the last seven months. And we have continued to have relationships with these people because they are fantastic people in the hobby uh, and they're homegrown as well, which is great. So we can actually meet them, have a chat to them, as well as our great relationships that we have formed overseas as well. So we appreciate all the support. Uh, we had a lot of people come up to us and say hello and said that they love listening to what we do and loved our content. We really do appreciate your support because uh, Saucy and I, we would not be here without you. So that is one thing to damn sure. 100%. Uh, but some of the people source that we got to meet, uh, I'll tag all these people in the description uh, when this podcast comes out. But at Matt's, uh, Matt's Card Shop, Azuro Cards, Night Wax, uh, Refresh Cards, if I miss anyone source. Uh, Cherry Collectibles were there. Uh, Rain Blaker was good to have a good chat to Blakers uh, from Cherry Collectibles. Uh, Panther. Chesh, our boy Chesh. Chesh was there. Melbourne underscore Cardboard. Matty Payne. Uh, representing I believe uh, trading a lad MJ too. Trading Cards was there as well. Who's uh, a big breaker down here? Um, he absolutely he bought some absolute mojo cards. He had some Kobe autos. He had some Luca autos. He had some big, big, big stuff, uh, which was really cool to see. It was awesome. If we've missed anyone, or we did not meet you. Uh... CJ Adam Smith, did you end up hearing back from CGA? No, I did not. End we, up did back from CGA. we did email them. We did email them. As we said, them, we, we would email them. Now, the next step I is they do have a phone number, spot, I believe. Adam. So I'll be giving them a bell sometime this week and trying to get them on. Don't worry. We, we do we do want to we do want to you know get their side. Yeah, you know, as the only yeah, viable grading company in this country, we want to we want to hear from them. We want to know more. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we will be following that up. Thank you very much, Adam. We definitely will. Definitely will. Uh, but it was just fantastic uh, to meet these people, have great discussion about the hobby. Obviously, we've got upcoming things. Uh, we got invites into doing some a few things with a few people, which I'm not going to reveal at the moment. That those those uh, companies uh, or um, accounts will announce that in due course. A few things, but it was awesome that. Uh, we could have that discussion in person for once, yeah, not behind yeah. the screen. Which is, uh, so. look, all in all, Doma, I still had a fun day. Um, you know, we're into AFL cards, and we've talked about it on this show for us, so it was still something. Uh, we were able to pick up uh, a couple of sneaky rookies, which we'll, we'll reveal in our uh, vlog, which should be coming out. I'll be uh, hopefully editing that tonight, and hopefully it comes out uh, tomorrow, if not the day after, for sure. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll have a bit of a chat about it. Um, but, look... Dom, and that was look. The one thing was just unfortunately, and I think not to blame the, the organizer, um, but I, he's just he's an old timer, Doma. He's an old timer, right? Now, nothing against the bloke, but I just genuinely don't think he realizes where the card market is at in this. I don't country. think a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people actually understand where it's at. So, and the reality of where it's at. A lot of new collectors, a lot of younger generation collectors, a lot of collectors around the ages of, you know, obviously we, uh, uh, you know, there's 
younger ones, 16, 17, 18, 19, but then a lot of collectors between the ages of 21 and 30, right? And now, you know, a lot of these guys are interested in American sports, especially NBA. Um, and it was funny enough, Doma, you know, obviously when I, uh, when I, uh, pull, I bought, you know, 40 or 50 cards in my backpack, uh, and, uh, I, uh, pulled them out on the table and, um, I ended up, uh, within what must've been within five minutes, Dom, I had about 10 people around my table looking at my graded NBA cards and, uh, I was pretty much the most busiest table. Uh, the funny thing was that, uh, the organizer of the event gave me a tap on the shoulder and told me to move along cause I hadn't actually paid for the table and I'd actually just wanted to put my cards out to get some content for, for the socials. Um, but uh, got moved along, which is fair which enough. Is fair moved enough. So along. we got moved we'll along, that. and I said to him, you know, no, understandable. I did not pay for the table, so you know, by all means, uh, I don't want to rub anyone uh, up the wrong way. So moved along and ended up on the side, on the stage part of at the hall where there's a stage and some steps, and that ended up being the NBA corner. Uh, everyone who had bought some cards with them, NBA cards to trade and whatever, uh, ended up, you know congregating in that corner having talks about cards and and everything and um you know made some say made some deals with some people um so look you know we made the we made the best of the day in terms of you know not not having that that representation of where the current market is at which was disappointing and i did express that to the organizer of the event he did come up to me and speak to me later and he did apologize for moving me on from the table and i said no mate you don't have to apologize like it's you know it's understandable like you know i don't want to upset people i said but also just realize and i told him straight to his face that you know the fact that you're calling this the melbourne card fair and you only have afl cards here that's an indictment on calling it a card fair um, the fact that you don't have Pokemon cards here, the fact that you don't have NBA cards here, the fact you don't have soccer cards here, you know, main, those main three I'm just talking about, and, and, and you know, I didn't even say NFL, but I, NFL is a thing. Uh, you know, the NFL Australia page has grown exponentially since I've been in it over the last 12 months. Um, I mean, not for anything, NFL pre-orders on freaking Zing and EB are selling out lightning quick. So what does that tell you? Um, it's true. It's an indictment on, on calling it a card fair. And I told yeah. him that. Yeah. So, yeah. look. Should have just been called the AFL card yeah. show. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, Donna. Um, So, look. Hopefully, there is another one. I did get the guy's number. Hopefully, we can assist him and, and, and assist him in a, in a way to, to bring more variety. Uh, and, you know, get other people down there with tables uh, that are NBA, that are soccer, that are, you know, other cards that aren't just AFL and Pokemon yeah. cards, especially and, because, you know, Pokemon cards is massive with the kids. Um, and source, let's be honest. All right. And we're always here to help people out, whether you're a hobby store and stuff. And we'll, we, we will be, if we get asked, who do you think should be here? We'll come and tap you on the shoulder and say, if, if someone asks us, we're going to say, we want this person there, this person, this, there, and we'll come and ask you, do you want to be there? And it'll be good for, everyone to come together at an event to showcase what you've got and get your name out there because you're going to get everyone predominantly in the hobby in one space at one time. Yeah. And it's all about networking too and forging the relationship behind your business. Yeah. Now, before I get into what I'm going to say, the marketing plan, uh, just a shout out to Maddie, by the way, because what happened after Saucy moved to that corner on the stage, <laughs> Matt, 
Matt Payne was just like, ah, stuff this. I'm going to buy this table. He, he ripped out whatever it cost, paid for the table. Then props to him. He drove home to go get his Jordans and then come back and put them on the table. And him, Al, and then they were nice enough and we really appreciate it. They got saucy to jump on the table and they said, you can put your cards out on here as well. Uh, and then people still carried on to trade cards up near the stage and then on the table. And it was actually awesome. And it just shows... You can make the most of absolutely anything at a card yeah, show. Correct, Doma. Right? You could have just gone there. I'm not saying it was terrible. All I'm saying is you could have gone there and said, all right, all we've got is AFL. All right, let's go find some hidden gems for AFL. Yeah? That's it. And that would have been the day. But you know what? We would have still dug deep and tried to find things. But then when NBA came out and we saw all the popularity, you can make the best of the day, mate. There happened to be a free table. The table there that was free was calling us. It was like it was meant to be, mate. But the thing is, all right, now, Adam, I'm going to answer a nice question for you and give a piece of advice because I hope they listen. Uh, you said he's getting close to 40 collected in the 90s, grew up, stopped collecting, got back last year. My story is probably the most common story in the hobby at the moment. The amount of dollars disposable cash flow like me and putting into the market. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of people, but, mate. Yeah, that's a lot of people. But what I'm going to say, Adam, all right, because you spoke about CGA, He's a nice one. If we come and we get asked and we tap CGA on the on the shoulder for a show, you better be there. You better be there. It's got nothing to do with me or Source, but if we get asked who do you think should be there by an organizer of a show and we say CGA, it is the golden ticket for you. If we tap you or anyone by that matter taps you, whoever taps you is Willy Wonka and they are giving you a golden ticket to showcase what you do as a company. If you turn that down, forget about it. No one's ever going to use you. You're done. But if you can come there and actually show people your product, how good would that be? You've got, a, you've got hobby stores represented. You've got uh, content creators represented. You got people that sell as a content creator or just sell through social media represented. And then you've got a grading company in this country alone represented. Doesn't have to be for NBA cards. They might not want to use you for NBA cards because you understand PSA. Blah. But to push yourself in the football market in this country, it'd be a golden opportunity. I mean, obviously they don't want to talk to us, Dom, because they don't respond to a, a an email, which I'm sure they're not inundated and that busy that they uh, can't respond to an email. But hey, we'll give them a bell and we'll try get them on the show because I want to chat to them. As I said, the only viable grading option in this country, and there are a lot of people in the Pokemon space that are using them, and I do see quite a few CGA cards. I mean, they can improve their label because it's pretty average. But... They need to. They need to. If they if they want want to take this seriously and be a proper grading company and be the the grading company that's in Australia and give people an option to send their cards to somewhere in Australia instead of having to send them to the states, like they got to up their game. Not only up their game on like you know their marketing, but up their game on like you know situations like responding to an email to us and. You know, getting on here and chatting about your company so we can ask you questions. You've got to get yourself out there because we're going to try and help you. Like, we want you to be seen. We want you to be able to show your product. And I'm not here to just rag on CGA, but you know you know what? When you haven't got an office 
from all these other big companies based in Australia. This is your opportunity, You should be, licking, you should be licking your lips because the moment one correct. of them comes here, you'll literally done. be asked to say You might as well shut up shop, mate. Shut up shop. Put the put the board up, mate, for closure. I'm being serious, as pessimistic as it sounds for you, but I'm giving you the realisation that you are finished. When it comes to that, you're done. Yeah. So I try and build this reputation now because I'm telling you, if someone opens an office here, what you're gonna, you can't sit here and tell me that they're not going to take AFL cards to grade. Like you're not going to come open an office in Australia where it's the most popular sport and say, no, we're not going to grade AFL cards because they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. And I tell you what, they got resources, mate. These companies beyond anyone's wildest uh, dreams. So all in all. There'll be a lot more opportunity. There's a, another big meetup in Sydney next uh, in May, which looks like it's coming along very nicely. It's pretty much like a card conference. Um, there's, I believe there's one true. this week, Doma, this weekend. Is there? Yeah, I did I did see uh, Australian Trading Card Association posting about it. Uh, no, was that this weekend or May? I thought it was May 29th. Was it March? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was March, Doma. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. I thought it was May. I'm pretty sure it was uh, March. Here there we go. March 29th, 9 a.m. Hobby Hangout. Uh, if you are from Sydney, I suggest you get down there. Uh, it's at Sin- Sydney University, Sorry, I believe. Um, so, uh, yes, mo- Monday, 29th of March. Saturday, get down there. No, not uh, Monday. It is a Monday. The Monday. No. Yeah. There's an yeah. That's yeah. that's this one, right? Yeah. Wait, full lineup. Save the date. Oh no. Here we go. I think I've cooked it. That is man. No. Full lineup is announced Monday. The actual yeah. show is on the 29th of May. Told you. So I've cooked it. Let's go. Let's go. I just read the first date, not the second date. Lemonde. Right. Yeah, we both lemonde at one stage. Uh, during this show, so that's all right. But yeah, that's a perfect opportunity, that one there, and it's on the 29th of May. Uh, that'll be fantastic, getting all these people together. Uh, literally, if a lot of people buy into it, it could be literally a mini national, because if people come from all around the country and put their name uh, in the hat, pretty much, to say, oh yeah, we want to be represented here at this show in, in May... I'm telling you. Yeah, that's true, Adam. Adam said in the thing, he said, I agree. I don't know if they know where the market is here in Australia, but they can have all the AFL and NRL that that they can handle if they just put themselves out there. And then he also said, you're cook sauce. So. <laughs> Adam, you are not telling me anything I don't know already, buddy. Uh, you know, I, I uh, accept that on the, on the nose, mate. Uh, <laughs> but I still rock up here every week and, and, and give you guys content to laugh at me about or agree with me about or disagree with me about. And this is what yeah. it's about is, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, I mean, we look, are. I'm going to give myself some saving grace because I've had three and a half hours sleep and I've had about five coffees today. So I'm going to, I'm going to, on that note, I am cooked. <laughs> I've got, I've got no excuse for my cock up at the start of the show. So if you go listen to that, uh, 
and you get to this point, I apologise for me actually forgetting uh, our tagline. So. <laughs> What a fucking All right, let's roll on because we've just rolled over the two-hour mark. We 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 got to get onto the smoky. Now I'm not even going to bring up. There's there's no actual card. There's no actual card that the the smoky this week. There's no actual card. But here is what I want people to do. Right, I want you to go to www.starstock.com. I want you to make an account. Right, I want you to make an account. I want you to find a promo code to get an extra for ten free dollars. If you deposit five dollars, you get a ten free dollars. I use the the promo called Jake's B Ball Cards. I'm sure if I got you know message Starstock, they give us a promo code called Double Coverage, which I could get one. So people out there could start using ours. Who knows? We might get some affiliate, but I'm not into you know making money off you guys. So just find one out there. Make sure you don't sign up without a promo code because when you deposit five dollars, you can get ten dollars for free. So essentially, you get fifteen dollars. Right? Um, now, second part is, I want you to go to eBay. I want you to start watching all PSA 9s and PSA 10s of low base cards. Now, make sure you are buying cards that they accept on their platform. In terms of, I mean, it's different, you know, you got to go have a look. So just go have a look. I do know for like basketball, I'll just run a few off that they do accept. Great. Uh, they accept um, Donruss, Donruss Optic, Prism, uh, I believe Mosaic. Um, uh, but research research just go have a look it's all in the FAQ section on Starstock so make sure that you're buying the ones that they accept there right now I want you to go watch these auctions auctions or cheap cards between $20 to $30 $20 to $35 I want to be trying to pick up these graded cards now if anyone's seen my my latest uh, uh, I put a reel up about a Jaron Jackson card uh, Don Russ uh, base card rookie mind you it has to be rookie cards because they only accept rookie cards so that's definitely you need to know that as well jaron jackson uh don russ base card psa 10 i bought for 31 dollars. mind you i bought two i bought one for 31 one for 32 right now with the cost of grading it doesn't make sense to buy this as a, at a psa 10 at this price now what i want you to do is you can actually if you buy these cards and and you, they're in america you can add an address on your ebay account and put the addresses to Starstock. Now make sure that you go through and and have a look. There's a section under the FAQs on Starstock. How do I send to Starstock? And it explains it to you. Now you can put the message on eBay to the buyer and say, put the address as Starstock, put your username as your name, right? And then write in the message, make sure you send them to, uh, make sure you put a message when you buy it on eBay and uh, in the message part, please mark on the outside of the package FP. What does that mean? Well, Starstock, if you have graded cards or if you're sending graded cards, they get through on their fast pass program, meaning they get loaded into your account within one week, right? Because at the it used it was it says two to four weeks on their thing, but I've heard that they've got that down to one week and they they've obviously hired up, scaled up, and it's one week. So within one week, that card will be from eBay onto your Starstock account. Now at the moment, the modern market right now is still down. There's going to be the lead up to playoffs, so obviously looking to guys who could lead up to playoffs. Um, then looking to add those into Starstock to then flip them straight away as they progress, as there's interest in playoffs, as there's hype building up. So this is my play. My play is buying these cheap graded cards, getting them sent directly from eBay, 
to Starstock. Star Make sure you please go read the FAQs in Starstock because um, they have everything listed there and how you do it and how you go about it. And if you don't have a Starstock account, the other tip is make sure you find a promo code so you get the free $10. Then make sure that you put in your eBay message for them to write FP on the package because that means they know it's a fast pass, meaning there's graded cards in there. And it will be loaded into your account within one week. Then when the hype builds up, sell those graded cards and make bank. Right? Bang. You're like buying it. these cards between $20 to $40. That's your range. With the cost of grading, it doesn't make sense to you know to buy these cheapo base cards, groups, uh, Optic, um, uh, Don Russ, you know, in terms of basketball. And in terms of baseball, it might be Bowman first, Tops Update, um, you know, Bowman Chrome, Bowman Chrome first. Uh, and then, you know, in terms of football, it might be Optic, you know, NFL I'm talking about. But, you know, I'm talking about this is basketball. The play at the moment is basketball because the playoffs is coming. So get this done and get a few cards loaded in there. Spend 100 bucks on eBay, get these graded cards loaded in there straight away. And I am I can tell you right now, obviously, you've got to get guys that uh, are going to lead up. So a few of mine is I've got some bookie bet, Mookie, Mookie bets, obviously MLB starting next week. Some Mookie bets that I'm going to be sending there. I've got those Jaron Jacksons that I just talked about, which he hasn't come back. So all his stuff is sort of down. People are forgetting about him. Um, and then uh, a couple other ones that I bought was like, I bought an RJ Barrett uh, P, uh, PSA 9 Optic uh, rookie uh, base card. And I bought like a, look, this was, this was just like an impulse buy, but I couldn't pass it up. It was a Daniel Gafford PSA 10 silver Prism Silver um, for $30. Now, I, I'm not spending more than $40 on these cards. Like, $40 is the max you should be standing per card. But getting those, loading them into your Star Stock, and then having the opportunity to flip them straight on Star Stock, I think it's a great play. You know, first of all, you only get charged 5%. You get charged nothing for loading them on there, right? That's first of all. So it costs nothing to load them in there. Cost, um, you only get 5% charged, and you can instantly sell them and buy more cards that are instantly straight in your collection. So it's like looking to start with $100 worth of cards. So potentially with that $100, you might be able to buy somewhere between, you know, four, two to four slab, two to three, three to four slab cards, I would say, uh, at around that target price of $25.30, and then send them in and then make the flips. So that's the play. The play is not a specific card, but the play is... Guys who are going to have playoff hype, buying their cheap graded cards, PSA 9, PSA 10. Uh, I mean, they may accept BGS 9s, but I would just stick to PSA at this point because I just think it will be easier to flip on the platform and go away. Like, go for it, man. Like, that's what I'm doing at the right. moment. I've literally invested probably about 150 USD into this tactic, and I'm literally about to send them off to uh, Starstock, well, and we'll see how it goes. Well, Series. We'll bring it to you as a series. We'll see how saucy can go with it all, and uh, it'll make for interesting content and be good. Uh, that's saucy, smoky. That's been another show, and I'm going to answer a question in the chat. All right, Chesh is in here. Al, how you going, mate? He said, "Did we talk about picking up ball hoops base at fifteen dollars a pop?" Now, all I'm going to say in response to that to Chesh, uh, you know, we discussed this on the podcast. When Al actually, he wasn't buying it for this price because he's actually smart. He sold his Lamello for over $150. $180. Some, he told me the $180. Other day. And some, someone bought it. But all I'm saying is that's the reason why we gave all those people 
that were buying him at that price the Le Mans of the week. Because we knew and Source said it was going to get to this price. So that's all I'm saying. That's the reason why they got the Le Mans of the week, for shit like that. So lower price Kobe rookies. Yep, that's, yep, well, it just makes proper sense at the moment. But anyway, it's been another show. It's been a, a long one. Uh, As usual. But hopefully I can sign off properly. So keep living, loving, and breathing sports. It's been double coverage. It's been done with the great man source. And peace. Peace out, ladies and gents. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Thank you for tuning in. Please don't forget to leave a review on the Apple Podcasting app. Also, follow us on socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Talking all spots. Double curve.